What's up, everybody, and welcome to the NXS Cast, a show where we talk all things gaming in excess. I'm one of your hosts, Daniel Dash, and it's episode 40. We got Silent Hill leaks, we got PlayStation Plus lineup, and a bunch of other news. Joining me, as always, is the Jaguar King himself, Jeremy Rain. Another week, another cast, Woo, my fellow Jaguars. Jaguar Army salutes you. And our other co-host, Kevin K. Fun, newly hired, no longer uh, work bachelor. Yes, Kevin K. Fun. Kevin, congratulations. No longer a slave to the system, but now <laughs> I work. Well, actually, I'm still a slave to the system. But anyway, <laughs> you just become more of a slave to the system. You're yeah. a slave to your own diligence. Run us, run even... us, run us through how many uh, applications, interviews, all that. It was an impressive yeah. number. Yeah, yeah, over 150 applications. Uh, wow. I don't remember how many interviews now. It was like in the 20s, 30s, because uh, I actually kept interviewing after I, after I got the job uh, and applying. Um, I had to do so many assessments, and a lot of those I didn't even get a response back, like not even a rejection letter. They just like accepted my my uh, assessment and moved on. I'm like, that's rude. Uh, and then I got, I think, a 11 or 12 offers, something like that. Uh, and I like, seriously, I had them like up in front of me, like looking at all the benefits. And I was like, like the guy with the straw, you're, you're you know? like Morgan Freeman. Oh, I was going to say Morgan Freeman with all the screens meme. Yeah. And I was like, like, this is a list of everything I want. Here's the Venn diagram of what each one has that like kind of coincides with yeah. what I want. Uh, you and started building like the... graphs, like strengths yeah. for each one, pros and cons. Yeah. So I'm like, uh, what's the distance from my desk to the bathroom? Would you say uh, a rough estimate? No, but uh, no, I mean, it's, it's a remote job. Oh, by the so way, it's I'm, all remote, right? You're doing all yes, remote. Did, yes, did you apply at Twitter, by the way, so you could work for Musk or maybe no longer <laughs> Musk? I didn't, but I did actually apply at Facebook uh, for, for one of their front end positions. And uh, I never even so much as got like a response, like a thank you for applying <laughs> email, like nothing at all. Yeah. Um, I'm going to so, do a Dragon yeah. Ball reference where Frieza just like was what, like one shot in Gohan at the, at the beginning of Dragon Ball Super. Exactly. Damn. Um, yeah, I'm sorry. Then, uh, I'm sorry. You're worthy of Facebook. Actually, I'm glad you're not working for Facebook. You're better than Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just wanted to be able to dig into your guys' information and see what's up, you know, in your personal <laughs> But it's fine. I guess I'll have to point that out. Did no, the but, hard uh, way. Yeah, man. So I got a job. Uh, I'm happy about that. I didn't even get my first um, unemployment check. So I'm just going to call them up and, you know, tell them I got a job. <laughs> yeah. Or, or you could just double dip. No big deal. I could technically I mean, you do that were unemployed. I was going to work for a pay you, period. Yeah. Yeah, you were. Yeah. So cool, man. Well, that that's awesome. Uh, it looks like you landed on a good place if you like, you know, wait through that many options. So congratulations. Uh, Happy you. for you because y'all, y'all don't know behind the scenes. Uh, unemployed Kevin was insufferable. All he did was play <laughs> Destiny 2 and talk about it the whole time. <laughs> Kevin, by the way, is the worst possible person to ever start a video game with yes. over the weekend we played uh, tiny <laughs> tina's wonderland and uh i was late because i i'm just a procrastinator and the worst time manager so i was supposed <laughs> to get the game started so i could do all the intro tutorial stuff before we played and i didn't so i jump into party chat and i'm trying to do like the tutorial and kevin i swear to god this guy does not stop talking <laughs> literally well, every single second it's like the opposite <laughs> of what he does 
No, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I was about to say, to his credit, me and him were just talking about all sorts of things while we were playing <laughs> Tiny Dita. <laughs> you guys were, you were, you were. And you know what's funny? The two of you together are a different en energy because I'm trying to like block you guys out. I'm the worst multitasker. <laughs> I'm trying to understand like what the game's trying to tell me. It's nothing complex. But, like, I'm trying we're to talking about dogs, game. work, talking about uh, random scenarios. Probably talked about uh, Jeremy being sacrificed by Hideo Kojima once or twice. Uh, <laughs> the yeah. funniest part when I was trying to pick up an item and I was trying to read like the, the pros and cons of the item and I'm still not familiar with the UI. And uh, as I'm doing that, you at the same time were reading out every stat for the new item you were picking up. I was like, dude, <laughs> I can hear myself think, man. Shut up. You have to talk the whole time. I'm, and I'm doing that. Like the amount of, amount of talking I'm doing right now on the podcast is Kevin and more. <laughs> you kind of have to do that though with the with those type of games i i feel like you know you could stay on mission but it's a little bit more boring yeah it's like I know, but more it's spice but like i was literally creating my character when i was in party chat so <laughs> like true. i i I, was, I couldn't hear any of the tutorial any of the story and that's fine it's not like the most compelling stuff anyways but like it wasn't a great experience yeah and then the best part though was when you were finally ready to join the team. I had to go. Shortly after we did like one quest <laughs> or, or like a like a quest for session and left. Yeah, so we did I just ruined quest. your whole tutorial. I was, just, I was drained. I, I think I was like mentally and physically drained from like the amount of talking you did. Where I just I'm like, I want to go back to persona and play single player because that's that's what I'm about right now. And granted, we came in at like a out of 10. Like our energy yes. was like an all time yes. high. So we were just talking all sorts of random things. You, you yeah. know, what's funny though, but Jeremy matches energy. Like he matched your energy. And after you left, I was like, so what's <laughs> up, man? How's your, how's, how, how's your week been? You know, like it was like so mellow. Like we didn't yeah. like, we hated each other. <laughs> Kevin, you are the, I'm, you're the I'm sticky, really... sticky glue that uh, binds us together. Dash is like, I'm so excited to play. And Jeremy's like, I'm indifferent. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's such a tonal shift compared to like uh, the the five minutes before you left i'm telling you that like almost ruined my this. weekend <laughs> what's that it's, jeremy's just like yes dash i could see myself enjoying this but also i could see the opposite happening <laughs> uh but uh we gotta do it again the same thing happened with borderlands 3 i joined in as i was doing like the you know tutorial or whatever and i jo just joined into your guys's party and i'm like didn't enjoy that but anyways i'm gonna give that game another shot i am trying to juggle yes. that alongside persona um before we're not actually going to get into what you've been playing instead we're going to yeah. substitute that with a pretty fun question by a friend wes bates um, but before we do that we got a shout out we want to give so i'm going to give my shout out and then i'm gonna pass it over to you guys so you guys can give your shout out so okay. my shout out this week goes to jordan roguelike Woo! pac who hooked it up with a fan fest game uh or sorry fan fest watch party invite in la so he had an extra ticket he got into it i tried to get in and uh they i did not uh i was not accepted i was not X xbox ambassador level uh and uh jordan gave me his his plus one so i'm like guys good news i'm you know i'm going to fan fest in uh, la it's gonna be great Maybe we'll run into uh, some Xbox peeps there. Certainly yes. a lot of Xbox fans. And then you guys, what happened? Who wants to take it from here? Do you mind if I do it, Jeremy? Yeah, go ahead. My beautiful and wonderful 
friend David Burdett. Split in 69. 89. <laughs> it's, it is 89, but I always want to say 69 because I'm a dirtbag. Uh, randomly goes, uh, yeah, we, uh, you know, I can't make it this year. So I'm going to give you my ticket and you get a plus one with that. So you and Jeremy can go. Uh, and I know. So he's asked me all for, for all my information. And I'm like, oh, is this just like, you know, maybe I'll get in or, or you know, am I actually in? And he's like, no, you're going to get an email. You're going. So me and Jeremy get to go now, courtesy of David Burdett. That sweet, beautiful man. You're the MVP. Yeah. Can I just hey. say, by the way, I ruined my opportunity. You can put whatever you want on your jersey. And I should have put Elden Lord, and I didn't. Oh, it fits. And I regretted it. And I actually wrote in the customer service to be like, can I cancel this order and do it again? And they were like, <laughs> no, you cannot cancel this order and do it again. Do you know what it reminds me? It reminds me of when I called Xbox because I wanted to see if the name Torek Maktu from Avatar was available. And it turned out <laughs> it turned out Torek Maktu was available. But I'm like, I don't want this to be my gamer tag. And I had to call Xbox immediately. They're like, we'll make this one exception for you. So anyways, Torek Maktu is out there as a gamer tag if anyone wants it. Hey, But also, that... funny story, my actual gamer tag didn't fit on the shirt. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was going to say, Daniel, that uh, that you might have wanted to keep that, you know, just when the Avatar game comes out. Mm -hmm. That's true. Turek Maktu might be in this. I don't even know if I spelled it correctly. <laughs> I was just like, you know, everyone was like it was Avatar uh, fever in 2012. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I watched that movie like three times in the movie theater. And did you join the religion only three times? Well. I'm sorry. Is that enough? Jeremy, how many times did you see it? More than three. He I mean, three times was a lot for like IMAX tickets, dude. Those were like <laughs> IMAX 3D tickets were like 25 bucks a pop, bro. No, it was kind of yeah. hilarious because I watched it norm normal screen. Then I watched yeah. it, you know, in IMAX. And then I watched yeah. it in yeah. real 3D. And then I watched it in IMAX 3D. <laughs> wow. Yeah, the, the tickets were comped because uh, I was part of the cult religion afterwards. So <laughs> they it? just let us go see it for free. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, at the time, yeah, I wasn't part of that cult. I was in Jared Leto's uh, cult. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but shout out to those guys. Uh, they they really Absolutely. hooked it up. We're all going to Fan Fest alongside uh, Jordan uh, in June, June 12th. Um, we don't know if we're going to be able to do like a recording from there. We're certainly going to do like a some sort of like reacts or uh, impressions uh, of the Xbox show. Um, man, it's going to be a really good time. That's what beautiful. Think? What do you think? Yeah. Thank you so much, Dave and Jordan. You guys are awesome. Yeah. Hey, by the way, did uh it was weird when when Jordan was setting me up for my ticket. You asked like a lot of like really personal questions. Did they like yes. as part he of like the registration process? Well. Like yeah. childhood traumas, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like private like stuff. stuff, you know, like private yes. stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, how uh, big it is it is. <laughs> Uh, and it was just like really i was like i was like is this part is this what xbox really needs to know but um i don't know so did they yeah, ask they're actually giving questions? that information over to facebook okay. uh, <laughs> <laughs> putting it alongside all the the ear sizes that mark cerny is uh collecting no, no no i mean this is all obviously going into their acquisition of activision blizzard to go yes. into the diversity tool yes oh yes, yes exactly tool. yes yeah yeah it all makes sense it all comes together yes uh <laughs> We're going to come full circle on that in, in by the end of this show. But uh, <laughs> yeah, instead of what you've been playing, let's get to our weekly question. Okay. Weekly this week, question. Wes Bates asks a question that is so beautiful, in my opinion. Uh, he says, <laughs> what is the single best memory you have playing a game? 
please spill all the gory details. The game, the time of your life, playing with a friend, what made it so special, uh, about why that stands out as the pinnacle of your gaming experience up to this point. Uh, do you guys want to go first or do you, do you want me to? You you go first because you had like this, like yeah. you had a great answer when we talked about it. And I want to see you expand on that. Yeah, I was going to I was going to change that answer because it was a little too deep. But you know, what? I think I'm going to go for it. Uh, when I was in f- fourth grade, I was uh, I was taken away from my family and I went into uh, what I can only refer to as an orphanage. It was a child's home for a little bit uh, in in uh, in California here. Uh, and it was probably one of the scariest times of my entire life. Uh, and then one day while I was there, I was, uh, I was there for months. And while I was there, um, one of the leaders came in with a uh, PlayStation one and he said, Hey, this is, we're just going to leave this here. You guys can play it. You know, whenever you guys have rec time. Uh, and, and it was scary. I mean, just to paint a picture, it was kind of like almost borderline, like military school. Like you, you get up at five 30, uh, you have like stretches and stuff as a class, you go to the mess hall, you get, uh, breakfast, then you go to like classes where they teach you some stuff and then you go to lunch. There's not really a recess. Uh, and then, you know, it was very structured, very organized and everyone's walking in single file lines. It was very sad. Everyone's wearing the same color, like sweats. Like it was a really awkward and sad experience. Uh, so that being said, when he brought in this PlayStation one, it's actually the moment in my life when games became an outlet for me. Uh, and I'm actually getting emotional, even just speaking about it. Uh, Speak on it, King. Yeah, and and so it was the moment, literally the moment, uh, when uh, video games became an outlet for me. Uh, he only had two games. He had uh, Rayman and uh, Crash Team Racing, and nobody wanted to play like at all. There was two controllers, and nobody wanted to play the game. So I just would sit there and I would play Crash Team Racing uh, for as long as they would let me, uh, which wasn't too long. It was like maybe an hour or so each time. Uh, but they would let me play and I got really good at it. And then other people finally started playing it and I, they'd like try and go around corners, like just gunning it. And I'd be like, dude, you got a break. Like you have to use the break. You got to drift or whatever. I don't remember if there was even a drifting mechanic, but I'm like, you got to slow down. And like, well, you're so good. Why don't you do it? And then I'd do it. And I'm like, yeah, I'm so good at this game. Uh, and so, but that was it. Like it became a, it became a source of joy for me. Uh, and that carried on with me long after that experience. You know, it's, it is a source of joy or a source of, uh, strong emotions, for me. So gaming is kind of developed in that way where it's like a, you know, when you listen to music and it makes you really emotional, you know, that's kind of how gaming is for me. It's like watching a movie or listening to music for me, um, which I still enjoy all that. That's freaking beautiful, (laughs) man. That really is beautiful, man. (laughs) Kevin, man, thank you. Thanks for sharing that dude. Yeah. uh, Yeah. I don't, I don't want to follow that up. So Jeremy, (laughs) please. (laughs) Thank you for receiving it. You know what? I I have, I, I kind of have two answers here or, uh, uh, two thoughts. Um, one is a bit of a cop out because it's not. I, I can't distill kind of it, it, it uh, this question as a, like a single kind of like best memory. But I. By can, the way, I like I how can, you said cop out, and then the cop sirens come out. But yeah, yeah. I, you know, it's <laughs> like I'm humor. living downtown, but I'm not. Yeah, which is weird, but <laughs> it does happen. From so, time to time. I'm sorry, Jeremy. Cop out. It's not you can't distill it to gaming memory. Speak <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, the more I think about it, though, I think the, a lot of the memories that I've had in gaming have kind of like Kevin has has been kind of like the PlayStation PlayStation One genre, um, and it's happening again. The, the, the sirens <laughs> are in the background. It's because um, the story's so hot; it's illegal. Yeah. 
Yeah, I know. Yeah, you, the exactly game you're gonna say is Siren, of course. Right? <laughs> that's Siren exactly what, it, what it was. <laughs> but anyways, like the so I I think the whole like PlayStation One era, just because yeah, that was my first console. But you know, growing up in that era, like it, whenever I hung out with friends or every time we had birthday parties, we were always playing something. Now, be that be Dance Dance Revolution, Tony Hawk yes. Pro Skater, like a lot of those gaming experiences, like just brought people together whether yeah. it be in the garage or you know like at a party or even at a eb games or babbages yeah uh, babbages yes. exactly I remember that um one. <laughs> but you know i will say that in you know in most recent memory i would say you know playing the last of us part two um wow it's just a, such of an emotional ride, especially, yeah. you know, going what happened, what happens in the first part of that game. And then, you know, the second part of that game playing yeah. a character, you don't necessarily want to like play as very for story yeah. reasons. Yeah. And then only to become attached to said character yeah. and kind of empathize, you know, with her motivations and beliefs and things like that, that you did not ultimately want to see her get hurt in the final like yeah. conflict. And yeah. I feel like, wow, Speak for that's yourself. crazy. That's crazy well, that a game made it, me feel that way. It was so visceral, whether it was highest highs or lowest lows, it was such a visceral experience. Yeah. You know, and that's, I think the best way for me personally, how I processed it. Like, I'm like, yeah, why do I hate this? Love it. Yeah. Enjoy it. And I'm so sad by it. You know? <laughs> yeah. And, and the weirdest thing too, is it's like, you know, as you go through that journey, because of what happens, you didn't really care what happened to other people. Yeah. You yeah. were kind of just like on a path and you didn't care. And then for me, you know, cause it, they've always taught that this either lands or it doesn't land. It landed no. for me. And then, yeah, I just like, I, I could not go through with the, you know, with the ending that they wanted to. And yes. I mean, I, I stood there for like 15 minutes, just hoping like it would be like a far cry. What yeah. for situation <laughs> that it just like automatically has like an alternate ending for you. Yeah. Uh, but that, that didn't happen. And it's just really, it reminds me of that meme of, uh, you know, after a Avengers infinity war happened, and you have that meme yeah. of like, uh, you know how the it's always like, oh, I bet he's thinking about like other girls. It, yeah, it, it's like a dude who's like thinking in his bed, and it, and then his thought bubbles just like Peter just wanted to be a normal kid, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like something like that. But yeah, that was a powerful game, man. That's my two cents. Yeah. Yeah. No, really, really good answer so far. I mean, yeah, The Last of Us 2. One thing that I just want to say right now is that you just made me want to play that game again. Like, yeah, as uncomfortable as it felt, like, yes. you brought back those strong emotions uh, and feelings of, like, just the moment-to-moment -moment, uh, scenarios that were happening. And uh, I never, like enjoyable is a hard thing to say about that game where it's like yeah. I'm having yeah. a great time yeah. like, yes. there's nothing, like, really joyous about the story. It's awkward it's all the way through. incredibly compelling yeah, where right. uh, and powerful stuff where you want to see it through. You have to. You yeah. want to know what yeah. happens next. Uh, and I played. I, I beat that game within just a few days. Like I had. Yeah. To, like I burned through that game. It was that good. Yeah. Now, listen, I was already part of the team that really appreciates a strong woman. But yeah. I think after that game, a lot more dudes were into big women. 
Dude, have you did you see the reactions of the She-Hulk uh, trailer? <laughs> oh, it's right. so bad. And I just it's like so rewatched like, it a few on. times, and I'm like, damn. I'm attracted to She-Hulk, you know? Oh, like, <laughs> people are like oh. whining about the CGI. Like they're like, oh, people oh, are man, whining about the CGI. Terrible. And I mean, no. the CGI yeah, she looks seem great. Too bad. Yeah, I think she looks great. The CGI, like, come on, I get it. it Everyone wants more. I thought for the it, most it, part it looks good, but like if you freeze yeah, a frame, yeah. like I didn't like when I saw it. There were a couple of parts where I'm like, it did feel feel a little off. But like I felt yeah. that about Doctor Strange yeah. as well. Oh, yeah. So like, it's. I'm, I'm wondering no. what the heck is happening uh, where with with the with the CG in some of these Marvel productions. No. Like I, we're listen, in 2022. Why are we like why CG from like 10 years ago looking from this yes exactly you know, from what from what I've read. You know, just because like these these like Disney Plus shows have like these enormous like budgets mm-hmm. that doesn't necessarily translate more budget for yeah. the VFX team, and it's really you know like i think a big part of it too is like Dang, you know, Isaac the, o- Oscar yeah Isaac. exactly like yeah yeah like the the salaries that you have to pay all the stuff yeah. that you have to pay for like the taxes rights and all that stuff yep. um it adds up so it it, it kind of makes sense why cg sometimes it's just so like ps2 era ps3 yeah, era yeah, yeah. um but yeah i mean yeah i it, it's tricky because if you you know, obviously, when you think of VFX, there's always going to be some shots that obviously look good. And then there's yeah. always these shots where like, okay, well, you know, we kind of spent our budget on that last scene. We don't really have the budget <laughs> in this scene to kind of like fine tune anything. Yeah. Um. So I'm a little bit more understandable. But yeah, I mean, it, She-Hulk looked, it looked pretty good. And it was kind of, it's funny too. Yeah. Yeah. It looks no. interesting. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited I'm, about I'm it regardless. I wasn't no. excited at all. I think we talked about this privately. I'm like, there's, is she still happening? I'm like, I don't even know if I want that. But like, <laughs> oh, I want that. Yeah. Want that yeah. Who knew? I mean, I already knew that I liked <laughs> seven foot women and muscular women, but now it's just confirmed through the Resident last Evil Village. <laughs> Resident Evil Village. And Resident Evil Village. Yeah. 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 Step on right, me, mommy. So back to the question. No, me, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's it's really hard. And I told Wes this. I, I think I told Wes this. It's like you, it's hard for me to have just nail it down to one gaming memory. I'm a human being. Yeah. Like I'm not gonna that, be like yeah, there was this one. Like I can't rank yes. it. Like yeah. I can't put it into an Activision diversity tool uh graph and, and rank it. Uh, <laughs> we're gonna keep going back to that, but for me, it, it all goes back to the SNES era. That was yeah. like the era of like innocence for me in terms of as, as just a human. I was a kid. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah. what, like I think six years old when I was playing the SNES. Oh, uh, prior to that, the NES was my intro to, to gaming. But like, you know, I was a young kid and I didn't yeah. really... I, yeah. I I struggled with Super Mario Brothers, like the original one. I didn't beat it until I think I was a little bit older, because uh, you know, as a four year old, you know, I, yeah, I struggled there. But uh, yeah. Super Mario <laughs> World specifically, like that is one of my favorite games of all time. It's the best Mario game by far. Super Mario Brothers Three gets an honorable, you know, shout out <laughs> as well, uh, honorable mention. But Super Mario World, man, everything felt earned from the game time I got. So, Kevin, when you were t- talking about, uh, you know, you guys could only play one hour at a time, you know, yeah. back then it wasn't like you, 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 you were, it was based off the number of games you had and how much your parents let you play. Yes. And my dad would wrap the controllers up and hide them somewhere. We found out that he <laughs> hid them in his sock drawer and then he got a new hiding spot. Uh, <laughs> but then uh, he let us play on the weekend. So, like, wake up super early in the morning. The house was still dark 
and like I that that trend still continues with me being an early morning gamer. I love yeah. waking up early in the morning oh, yeah. on the weekends. Hopefully, not getting too distracted by Twitter and going straight to video games. Um, <laughs> Super Mario World, everything felt earned from the secrets you'd find to like going into that what was it the Star Road and the Star Area, uh, the just the variety obviously in the levels the. The the Bowser's uh, castle, that final castle was epic, and the number of doors you go through, you, you beat the game, and you get the fireworks, and you feel like you've really, really accomplished something. Yeah. Um, just Super Nintendo era in general. Super Mario World is one that stands out. You know, gathering around, all of us sitting on the floor playing Street Fighter Two on SNES. Yeah. Yep. Um, I was. I'm gonna do a you know quick sob story too, really quick for just five seconds. I was hospitalized for a week when I was uh, about nine nine or ten years old and oh, wow. uh remember you know when the it was like a rainy day or the substitute teacher would roll out yeah. those carts with the tv they rolled one of those joints over with the snes and a link oh, to the past gosh. buddy link to the <laughs> past awesome and, uh play that you know for the limited time that you could while you're there in the the hospital because you share it with other kids and uh man snes oh, is just is so cool. a very very special console for me and then yeah followed by the ps1 probably uh nice. sitting around uh the tv playing tekken Tekken nice. 3 with in, in, in PS1. So so many great yeah. memories, man. It's it's really hard to choose one, but um I I maybe it's nostalgia, but I look back with, with the fondest memory with that with with the SNES. The SNES. <laughs> have you guys ever called it the SNES, by the way? I have, yes. I hate that. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> Try not to do that, Kevin. Not on this show, at least. <laughs> I mean, it's like saying ad at like it happens occasionally, but it is ATAT. You know, oh, I say at at. Am I not supposed to say at at? I mean, you can ATST, ATAT. Everyone says at at. You know, SNES, it's not like normal. Like I said it, but SNES is how you say it. You know, do you know, do you know who says it like SNES? Oh, no, who? Mountain Drew, and he has a question for us. <laughs> Mountain Drew asks Hype check for Obi Wan. Whoop, 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 whoop. My this hype is a few days yeah, from now. My, yeah, my hype is there. But, you know, I just realized that. Obi-Wan is competing against Stranger Things Season 4. I didn't know that. Yeah. Shoot. Oh, is that coming out next week? Apparently, yeah. I would yeah. say competing, though. I, I would say just more really content. Yeah, that is true. Because, uh, I, you know, whereas Obi-Wan probably has, like, maybe two episodes at the most, Stranger Things, probably, they're probably doing the full season dump, right? Is that what they did for the last ones? Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. They usually do the whole season. That's Netflix's deal. I don't mind that. Like it was kind of like when uh, the book no. of Boba Fett yeah. came out at the same time as uh, Peacemaker. Yeah, I was just like yeah. going back and forth. And right now it's it was like Moon Knight and Halo until I dropped off of Halo. So <laughs> it, it feels yeah. like I always have like two shows I kind yeah. of bounce back and forth from. Yeah, I mean, I think you know what they've shown of Obi Wan so far. I think there's a lot to be hyped of. Like yeah. and especially you know they, <laughs> the the music that they played too with the dual yes. fates. Yes. Uh, that is just like pure hype. That builds hype. <gasps> Um, but I'm dude, I'm ready to see Obi-Wan. Yes. Yes. Well, you know, Red. Red. Star Wars community is, I mean, I think a lot are, but Star Wars specifically, uh, has such a toxic community and there's really bad reviewers out there. There's people saying a bunch of trash talk about it. And it's like, you know what, dude, I like, I love Star Wars. Obviously you can have an opinion. You can say, Hey, you know, the new trilogy wasn't my favorite, but like, it was still good in my opinion. I still liked it. I still enjoyed aspects of it. It just wasn't my favorite. I love Star Wars in yeah. general. And regardless of what this show gives me, I'm going to love it. And yeah. I can't wait to watch it. You yeah. know? Yeah. Uh, and I hope that other people 
are like that as well. I've interacted with a lot of people on Reddit that are just like, the prequels are trash. They don't exist. And it's like, nah, dude, the prequels were all right. They brought some good <laughs> stuff to the, to the table. You, know? you mean you so don't anyway, like Jar Jar Binks? I believe this is going to be great, especially if they bring back Jar Jar. I mean, it'll be a hype moment once he finally uses his uh, lightsaber. Because, uh, you know, in the trailer, you see him with a blaster. Um, oh, so when that finally happens, or when he meets uh, Darth Vader, I think, mm. you know, it's just hype. And he says hello point. there for the first time. Yeah, yeah. I can't wait. <laughs> I'm on a so I'm I'm really hyped for it. I'm on a blackout right now. I just yeah, watched the first good. teaser trailer, and I I think there's been two more trailers since then. Like I don't need to watch it. I'm gonna watch Obi Wan. Like like yeah, yes. it's, it's Star Wars content. I didn't really even uh, I don't care as as much about Boba Fett as I do Obi Wan. Boba Fett's a cool mm -hmm. character. The show was had its moments. Had some really great moments, and then it had some like meh episodes. Yeah, um, yeah. Because of that, it kind of like because of some of like the 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 cornier stuff that you know and some of the the uninteresting episodes mostly in book of boba fett i think for yeah, the most yeah. part i like mandalorian but i feel like even mandalorian I, has some some filler episodes as well yeah no book yeah, of boba it, fett. oh i'm sorry go on no, i'm sorry i cut you off go no, no, I think you were trying to talk first. I'm sorry. Well, let's be super courteous. You go first. You're talking first. <laughs> what a couple of gentlemen here. Gentlemen <laughs> no, first. I was just going to say, like, the Book of Boba Fett just felt like... So uh, anyway, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> just felt like an extension of the Mandalorian. Like, That's what I was going to say. could have called it Mandalorian, and it would still have been okay, because... Yes. I, I mean, oddly enough, I think the best episodes of Book of Boba Fett were the ones with the Mandalorian in it. Yes. <laughs> I agree. That's I agree, exactly that's, where I was going. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad you read my mind. Yeah. And uh, one thing I just hope we don't get is like those awful facial expressions that uh, Boba Fett made when he attacked people. Ah, <laughs> ah, <laughs> I was like, oh my God, I can't take that seriously. It was the Please worst choreography. Yeah. Why do you, yeah, he took his helmet off just as much as uh, Master I, Chief in the Halo show. I think the question is what, how likely is it that we'll see Cal Kestis? Oh, you know what? I want to say pretty dang series. likely. You think so? I, I want to say so because because at this point, you know he like Cal Kestis happens what like right after or within like a year or so of uh, I don't actually know the actual timeline but really close to when Order sixty six happened and so that would yeah. be pretty cool if they just ran into each other. I'm so oh, dumb. I, I'm like, what? who's Cal Kestis? <laughs> <laughs> I, I just I just know him as a redhead from Jedi Fallen Order. Yeah. Uh, I forgot what his name was. <laughs> Cal Kestis. Yeah, I, I think it would be cool. I mean, honestly, it seems like Disney does a lot of fan service like that, where they just throw in characters that we want from the uh, the extended lore and stuff. But also, you know, now he's canon. So, yeah, that'd be pretty cool if they just chucked him in there. I mean, they're yeah. doing the, the Inquisitors from the shows. Yeah, exactly. Oh, so Might be a, a good way to kind of bridge the game with, you know, the actual yes. like live action universe. They're going to like, they're going to stop mid episode and be like, should a Cal Kestis do this or B Cal Kestis do this? Find out in Jedi survivor. No, it's going <laughs> like to like be like Bandersnatch. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Hey, Drew, thank you for the question. Wes, thank you for the question. Wes, we miss you yes. on Twitter, but, uh, yeah, we do. But you are you are uh, you are safe from man. The yeah. rhetoric this week on tw t Twitter like sucked. Uh, yeah. By the way, uh, Jeremy, are you a gamer? <laughs> Is this a trick question? No, no, no. You know we don't need to get into that. The rhetoric sucked on Twitter uh, with the whole <laughs> gamer defining the gamer. We're not going to do that here. Like, oh, I haven't seen that. Wait, there was a oh. debate on the on the definition of being oh, a gamer. Oh my gosh. 
Oh my God. Do I, we since see this was this, that uninteresting to me that I didn't even bring it to you guys. Cause I'm the Twitter guy of the three of us. <laughs> Kevin, you've been slipping on your Twitter game lately. I feel yeah, like you got yeah. discouraged ever since you lost your original account. I did get uh, pretty discouraged. I'm afraid yeah. to build it back up again. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we don't need to, we really don't need to get into it, but if, if we can, cause I really want to move on. Uh, if yes, we can, yes. what happened was there's this Xbox ambassador slash yeah. influencer slash marketing gal who put out a tweet. Uh, after the Starfield and Redfall delays that said, protect, basically was defending Phil Spencer. And oh. the, the tweet was essentially, if you're going to criticize him, I want you to think of this. Like, can you do his job? He's only yeah, human yeah, yeah. and this and that. Slow slow and steady wins the race. It was a, it was honestly a pretty cringy tweet and, and not one I agree with. But uh, what ended up happening was people that were... were, were uh, because I, I think I think everyone is worthy of of critique. If you're if you're a leader yeah. of a multi billion yeah. dollar yeah. company, uh, making decisions that shape the way we we play our games and when we play our games, um, you are open for critique. You're yeah. a public figure, uh, so absolutely he could be criticized or critiqued. I don't think any of us last episode were like really down on Phil Spencer. Yeah, we think. No. You know, we think he's done some amazing. Well, I won't speak for you guys. I think he's some done some really amazing yeah. things, but yeah. I still like. I, I've said this before. They need to prove it with the game releases. They need to yeah. prove it with a steady yeah. flow and nice cadence of AAA game uh, quality game experiences um, that they just haven't been able to do uh, consistently yeah. enough. Yeah, and that ultimately falls on Phil Spencer. What ended yeah. up happening? Where people started digging up her gamer score and her game time and oh stuff like gosh. that, and uh, questioning whether she was a gamer or not. So if she's played video games, she's a gamer. It doesn't if matter play, if she's played Forza if you play or Minecraft. Not. If you play Minesweeper, yeah. you're a gamer. You're a gamer. <laughs> if you, yeah. If if you if you uh, if you play board games, you're you're a board yeah, gamer. You're a gamer. <laughs> you're a gamer. Uh, and, if you play and the game listen, with women's talk, I'm just kidding. No, listen, no. and I'm not trying to be like, you know, like false positivity or whatever. Like there are casuals out there. There are people yeah. out there that are more interested in the influencing part of it, the yeah. marketing part, yeah. the streaming part. And there are other aspects or the community part. In her case, she is more interested in the community part. And that's fine. Yeah. There are going to be people that gravitate towards that, that enjoy yeah. that content. Like we choose who we enjoy, like listening to, yeah. right? We, we yeah. have our podcasts, our outlets that we listen to. And no. that, you know, if, if she has her audience, great. She's still a gamer. If she's playing games, yeah. she's gaming. It's like, uh, it's yeah. like, and obviously again, like I said, we don't need to go too far into it, but it's just like when somebody's playing Elden Ring and they're not using summons or any of the mechanics that are in the game and people are looking at that person like they're superior as opposed to the other people that are just using summoning and mechanics and, and ashes of war and stuff. And they're like looking down on them. It's like, that doesn't make me any less of an Elden Ring player than you. You know, it's the same yeah. thing with gaming. Yeah. I mean, and listen, you can disagree with her. Like you could freely yeah. go in and disagree with yeah. her point and, or choose to ignore her. If you think like, it's like, I'm like, yeah, that's kind of a dumb tweet or, you know, <laughs> I, and I could have, I could have disagreed publicly or whatever, but I didn't care yeah. enough for it. She, it's not someone, she's not someone I follow. Yeah. Um, I don't have yeah. any ill will towards her. It's fine. Like people are, here's the thing about Twitter. People are going to have opinions whether you like it or not, they're going to be good, yeah. bad, in between. And yeah. uh, choose if you want to waste your energy, uh, uh, you know, engaging in that and, and dwelling yeah. on that, or gravitate towards the people that do have uh, good opinions that that yeah. you do respect yeah. their their gaming repertoire and, and and whatnot. And that's what I focus on. Like, yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I I don't find the and she's I'm not calling her a fangirl or whatever. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. I, I mute and block like a lot of the fanboys. Uh, because I don't find them entertaining. It, like yeah. the shit is the yeah. shit gets old. 
some yes, of the memes are some absolutely. of the memes are all right. Uh, I made a meme, <laughs> I made a meme uh, yesterday that I, that I thought was a little too spicy to make. Some of the memes are all right, but I don't I don't care about these people that live these like loyalist lives. That like yes, yeah, yeah. You guys made me go on this spiel, and I did. <laughs> you guys, you guys got any two cents on that you want to share or? No, gaming is gaming. He, yeah, I think he summed it up pretty well. So, all right. Hey, if you are watching us and are new to the channel, hit that subscribe button and you get more of our videos. If you haven't already hit that like, if you're enjoying that video, if you're listening to us on audio platforms, a five-star review does wonders for us. I feel like we've been saying that recently and you guys, I've been sharing the numbers with you guys. Our mm -hmm. audience is growing. More people are seeing us because those likes and things in here there. So here I am. I'm being the pitch man, but that stuff helps us out. It's, it gets us in front of more people. Um, to grow our audience, to have more people listening to us. So we're not just talking to ourselves. Um, yes. The community has been fantastic lately. We've included questions in the last handful of weeks. We've gotten a lot of activity there with questions. We're getting a lot of really, really great questions that are adding meaningful conversations. They are like, they've become like the second part of like the second half of the show. Yes. So to every single person who's ever, you know, interacted with us, engaged with us, asked questions, you guys are making the show better. You're making us have such a great time. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank, Thank you. you. Guys, I have a story to tell. And this story involves Konami planning not one, not two, Kevin, but three Silent Hill games. So I'm going to read from Andy Robinson here at VGC, who, who he writes, Last week, a collection of leaked concept images appeared to confirm that a new Silent Hill is or was in development. Now, oh, details yeah. are emerging on what some of these projects could look like. One of the in-development in titles could be a remake of fan-favorite 2001 installment, Silent Hill 2. It's claimed that the remake will feature reworked AI, animations, puzzles, and several new endings, and potentially release as a timed exclusive on PlayStation consoles. End quote there. So it's no secret that Silent Hill has long, long been linked to Bloober Team. Uh, there was that whole press release about them doing a partnership with Konami and working with their IPs. There were leaks with a composer that has been working, that has worked with Bloober Team, uh, talking about like a, a big franchise coming back. Uh, and he that was the same composer of Silent Hill and, and the medium. And he's supposedly working on this as well. Uh, so we're, you know, we could assume that maybe this is Bloober Team's project, but, you know, there's there's three projects in the works. So let me tell you about the second project. Okay. <clears throat> the second rumored project is a shorter episodic game that's speculated, linked to Annapurna Interactive. But that they could have just been in the talks like this could they could have been because they were in the talks in talks with a lot of developers, including uh, Supermassive Games were known for their Until Dawn and... Um, their, their dark pictures anthology so they it's you know not sure if that ever went anywhere if that got greenlit or not but it's going to be mm -hmm. more of a you know smaller scope project episodic that's the second title and the third one which is the one i'm most excited about is a new mainline entry and vgc sources have linked that project to a, a major japanese oh, studio yes say with me guys say with me kojima, kojima. jeremy you didn't say it <laughs> You didn't say it. <laughs> because I know I'm the sacrifice, you fools. You are the sacrifice, sacrifice, Jimmy, and it'll be worth it. It'll be yeah, worth listen, it. Listen, <laughs> that's a sacrifice that we are willing to make, Jeremy. That's actually, so actually, I, I was going to get into questions, but first of all, just overall thoughts. Kevin, I'll start with you, man. What do you think? <gasps> I'm so excited. I'm not a huge fan of episodic stuff, but I would give this a chance. 
because I love yeah. Silent Hill with all my heart. Wait, wait, this, but I, that's that's only one of the three projects. Yes, is, is Rumor to be episode. Yes. What do you and think of this? One, anything? Yeah, I mean, so like Bloober Team, for instance. Uh, you know, I know that a lot of people uh, were not necessarily totally sold on the medium. I loved it. I thought the environment really reminded me of Silent Hill the whole time I was playing it. Uh, and if they were able to go wholeheartedly in on a Silent Hill project, they'd probably do a really decent job. Yeah. Um, because they obviously have great enemy design. Uh, their uh, atmospheric designs were wonderful. I think that they could do a really wonderful Silent Hill. Uh, and obviously, if we were to get PT from Hideo Kojima, oh my God. I mean, Jeremy would be dead in this instance, but but like we would have <laughs> PT finally, 2014 coming, coming it's, to fruition. To me, we, we've talked about it and it's just odd to see Ko uh, Kojima going back to a Konami IP, you know, working yes. with some sort of relationship with Konami there. Is there, yeah. you know, is there sort of a medium? Is there a middleman? Is there a, a PlayStation in the middle of that that, that yeah. smoothens that out, right? Because I don't see like... Kojima or Konami waltzing into each other's offices like, yes. hey, man, how's it yeah. going? Let's talk over this game over some sandwiches. Jeremy, what do you think? <laughs> yeah, so I'm in agreement that I think the third, you know, the, the rumored third project is probably the most interesting one, the one that's being uh, apparently developed on My Sacrifice. So we'll yes. we'll see <laughs> how that turns <laughs> out. It better be damn good might happen because the sacrifice fest. made. It might even happen even in FanFest if it's yeah. on PlayStation. Yeah. Who knows? This is going to be the, the rumored Hideo Kojima project with Xbox exclusivity. <laughs> it could be, dude. It could be. That'd be crazy. Can you I imagine mean, like a, a horror game that kind of just uses almost the same kind of like gameplay invasion mechanics of a Dark Souls game? It would be amazing. Or like a From Software game? Like, Jeremy, so before good. you get too lost in that really great idea. In that sauce? Yeah. Why don't you ask this question from Wolf and Soul because it's interesting. Wolf and Soul asks, what form would you actually... Uh, I see why you wanted me to segue into this because I was kind of doing it. Uh, <laughs> what form would you actually want from a new Silent Hill? Should it be the same psychological horror or maybe incorporating some other aspects or inspirations? And lastly, Bloodborne. Mm. Bloodborne! Hey, you know what? We did say that. We did say on the last episode we're going to be talking about Bloodborne, and Wolf and Soul did it for us. Bloodborne! Bloodborne. <laughs> Take a shot every time you hear us say Bloodborne. Bloodborne. <laughs> Bloodborne. Hey, Bloodborne. Uh, so, Jeremy, do you want to continue that that thought that you had in terms of like where, where you want to see the, the, the series go from like yeah. tone, gameplay perspective? I, you know, playing the... Which is kind of funny because I feel like the, you know, the Resident Evil 7, Resident Evil 8 are kind of like an acquired, like, taste, especially after being kind of like a fan of the third person, like, you know, action based yeah. horror games that they had in four, five and six. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I think Silent Hill would be perfect to have like in that Resident Evil 7 and 8 kind of like perspective from the first person uh, perspective, just because like, you know, pardon my French here, but like Silent Hill likes to fuck with your mind. Yes. And I feel like that would be the perfect like avenue with it. And yeah. heck, you know, if uh, get another project on there and have someone develop it for VR and oh just get gosh, ready for the terrifying. mind fuck. Like, yes. <laughs> like Can you imagine coming up for like that PT yeah. in VR? Oh my God. Dude, you're done. Like, I, could, I couldn't do I it. I don't know if you could be, I don't yeah. know if you could play it. I couldn't do it. I don't know if I you could, could play it. it. Um, Did no. Visage support VR, by the way? 
I don't know if it does. I haven't, okay. I haven't even looked into it because I know that I'd pee my pants. <laughs> yeah. Like, can you imagine like PSVR two with all the haptics and the 3d sound, oh just gosh, like, no. you know, playing a game like that there where, no, where, you know, like you, you can feel something <sighs> breathing behind you. And, oh, and it, gosh, yeah. terrifying, terrifying, that terrifying. Yeah. It would be terrifying. And I also, you know, to a certain extent with like uh, these rumored projects, I find it interesting that gaming companies are deciding to always like remake or remaster and, and port like over like something that doesn't start with the first game. Like, yeah. uh, you know, oh, for right. instance, Uncharted, oh, right? And the PC gamers get the, you know, Uncharted 4 and Lost Legacy, but they don't get yeah. one to three. And in here, that, with that, the that rumor... Second. A little bit of a different case, but these Silent yeah. Hill games are different stories. Like one and two are two that is true. stories. They they are basically kind yeah. of like a almost kind of like an anthology, um, which is why I can see why the kind of like that second approach of episodic content may be attractive to them, just because yeah. um, of what you know Supermassive has been able to do with the Dark Pictures anthology. Like they could do yeah. the same thing because Silent Hill is always about like a different person like arriving yes. at Silent Hill and. Yes their version or iteration of Silent Hill is different from someone, you know, who's previously yes. visited. So there's a lot yeah. of potential here. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you kind of visited uh, some of the stuff I was going to go into, like, for instance, uh, you know, he says, what forum would you, would you want from a Silent Hill? I mean, after playing PT, like I want that type of psychological, that one. I want, I want terrifying, uh totally defenseless silent hill like the other silent hills you've been able to use weapons which i'm assuming would happen later you know in in the silent hills version but that experience where you're completely powerless is probably yeah. one of the scariest things i've ever experienced yeah um because there's just nothing you can do you just die and that's it uh and yeah. that's terrifying uh, and it's horrifying every time it never lessens yeah. the blow like bleh. anyway but from the but horror yeah, like, aspects, I'm sorry, just just no, cut no, in no. from the horror aspect, like Resident Evil, like seven and eight, that you're most vulnerable yeah, at the yeah. beginning of the game, especially seven, where you really just have the, the baker's the house. Oh. Yeah, you're like so not cool. even when you it took a while for you to get the pistol and yeah. just like trying like, to figure out if you you know around the corner if Mr. Baker, Papa Baker yeah. was coming around, like you didn't know. Yeah. 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 He just oh, dude. Walls. I was oh solving, I, I posted this on Twitter. I was solving a puzzle and the guy comes from around the corner and beats yeah. the shit out of me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So like that is when I feel like Resident Evil is at its scariest. And yes. then it, it, it starts going into action in the second half. Yeah. Of the game. yeah. And, and then you're like, unstoppable. Flamethrowers and machine guns and yeah. stuff yeah. like that. I don't want Silent Hill to ever go That's there. Uh, no. Kevin, yeah. Kevin, go for it. Well, and it's been pretty good, you know, up until this point it's been good you have a you know like a lead pipe or a crowbar or something you know it's like <laughs> you're not like some unstoppable machine uh and you are just a normal person but yeah that's for for those people that have not played silent hill uh like jeremy kind of alluded to uh, when someone goes to silent hill you can think of silent hill like a uh like a, a a different plane of existence it's like another uh, like a pocket dimension or whatever and every silent hill is unique to the person that comes in it takes their fears and their guilt and their shame and and their thoughts and uses it against them in the form of enemies and stuff you know based on their experiences in life uh and that right there mixed with the psychological horror of like something like pt oh my gosh that would be terrifying yeah 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 i think you guys said it and my experience with silent hill is just really brief yeah. Um, you know, amazing You're soundtrack. Yeah, I am, a, I am. I am a bitch. I, I always, you know, when I was younger, I always went towards Resident Evil. That's what I gravitated yeah. towards. Played all of those games, 
and Silent Hill was less appealing to me. And I was just never been like, yeah, like the horror genre guy. And, uh, so yeah, and Silent Hill has just not been around in the last like decade or so. Yeah. So it, can I can I just really quick aside? Silent Hill was actually going to be my uh, my change of story uh, as opposed to telling the super deep one. It was just about playing Silent Hill with my sister. That was probably my highlight of my gaming because I was so young and she was a little older than me. She's two years older, and we would play Silent Hill in my room, pitch black uh and the backyard was outside of i had three windows and it's just the backyard made a huge backyard super super dark and then we had train tracks over the wall behind us and they there would be like workers like you know wow. doing stuff and so you just middle have light and mist in the middle of the night it was Whoa. terrifying and uh, forget and the dual to, sense this yeah. is a real life immersion right here <laughs> we used to imagine that it was like silent hill creatures coming to get us that's amazing man <laughs> Uh, yeah, for me, I think you guys covered it pretty well. Like the feeling of yeah. vulnerability and uncertainty, like with with yeah. Silent Hill, is 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 something what I'd be looking for. I, I'd want like you know I we've been talking about how especially from seven to eight, Resident Evil did go more action oriented. I'd yeah. want it to you know go more the PT route. So um, and typically I do like third person games, but I'd almost like want to see house. Resident Evil go back to third person and Silent Hill be oh, the first God, person the game. The dollhouse. The dollhouse. Um, Dude, I, I zipped through that. I'm like, yes, if there's yeah. any collectible secrets, I don't yes. need to find them. Let's complete yep. this area and get out of here. <laughs> yeah. I, I played through the game so many times that I could finish the dollhouse in nine and a half minutes. Yeah. Because uh, I'm like, I don't want any yeah. part of this. <laughs> um, we got another question here. Yes. Recycled NPC says, if you could put anyone in charge of a new Silent Hill game, who would it be? Also, because he knows the answer, is Jeremy safe from sacrifice or is he just locked in default? Um, I think that there's got to be something that we can work out with uh, with Hideo. Maybe just a finger, you know, maybe uh, <laughs> maybe we give him somebody else. But yes, Hideo Kojima would be Listen, can, can you... Can you imagine uh, Jeremy getting sacrificed for Bloober Team's uh, Silent Hill? You're like, it wasn't supposed to be Bloober Team. You're like, it's Kojima. Not like this. Not like this. Yeah, I don't want to see Jeremy sacrificed for Bloober Team, but for no, Kojima, no. yeah, we'll sacrifice oh, Jeremy for a obviously, Silent Hill. they got to go tandem. You know, it's got to be Kojima and Guillermo del Toro. Like, they have to be together. <laughs> Holding hands on stage, helped. both yes. levitating with they, Jeremy. He helped so much. Gargling his horror. blood in a pool of blood. <laughs> We're all, Jeremy, are you catching this? Jeremy, are you seeing this? <laughs> I'm not, uh, for me, I'm not as familiar with a ton of the horror devs. And unfortunately, you know, the dead by daylight, phasmophobia, uh, until dawn, like mm. I haven't played enough of their games to like really know what things that they're really great at. Um, I did play a lot of PT, both with my boy Kevin yes. here as well as solo. And that was, eventually. that was like a life changing experience. Yeah. So uh, Kojima is like the the de definitive pick for me. I think that was a cornerstone of our friendship, by the way, playing PT together. Yes, that was when you. <laughs> that's when you came over to my house and poured your whole heart out to me. I was like, "Yes, cool, bro. Yes. Let's eat some pizza and play PT." <laughs> cool story, bro. <laughs> I mean, the is there anyone like, else? Is this but Kojima? Who did? Who I did? Mean, who did uh, Outlast? Well, I was also going to say that, you know, you could give it to um, the original kind of like Ooh. game director, I think. Right. Like who? Boca, Boca Studio. Yeah. Yeah. He would be another good pick of obviously they're working on their own uh, horror game. Yeah. Silent Hill 5. 
Uh, no, split splitter. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah, so when I when I, I thought I I always thought they were the Japanese studio that they were going yeah. with. Like, it makes sense to follow. Yeah, that made sense. Working on it. But they announced their game at the Game Awards and, and right. yeah. like Splitterhead, so it's not Silent Hill. Unless they're, you know, unless they're doing like a little like uh, code name, a Kojima thing, and then later on, yeah. yeah, they switch they switch it to Silent Hill. I gotta say though, if that's the new Silent Hill, like I would, I wouldn't be interested. I like it in and of itself <laughs> by itself. It looks like a great game, but not branded as Silent Hill. I, I wasn't into that. Give it to the Dead Space guys. Oh, oh, you know what the guys that did Amnesia also. Mm-hmm amnesia or even visage i mean visage is terrifying and it's very much based on pt <laughs> yeah. yeah i mean very it's gotta nice. be it's, it's got you know gotta be someone that uh you could uh that can handle the scope of it you know it's it's a big franchise especially if it's a new mainline game it's gotta be someone that can handle it so yeah. um I, I kojima just makes so much sense the only thing that doesn't is the the, the sort of uh burnt bridges between between the two the studios also yeah. Can I just point out the the name Slitterhead and the name Returnal just make me laugh forever because returning eternally, Returnal Slitterhead, it's a head that splits. Oh, how do they? How do you find that connection between the two of them? Oh, I just their names are funny. That's all. Okay, audio <laughs> listeners, we are playing uh, the trailer for Slitterhead that was uh, shown at the Game Awards. Uh, yeah, yeah, this is totally like Dead Space in Japan. <laughs> I was like, the... I'm trying to get like Ghostwire Tokyo. Vibe. Yeah, yeah. I was, that's what I was about to say. A hint of Ghostwire in there. Dead Space Tokyo with Dead Space like yeah. creatures. Yeah. Um, yeah, for me, like regarding this whole story and just as a whole, before we we move on from it, like it's it's. It's anticlimactic to hear about three projects. You know, it's a franchise yeah. that hasn't been around for like over a decade. And it's like, you got three projects. And it's like, whoa, don't flood us all of a sudden. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Get like, test the waters out. And that's probably what they're going to do. They're not going to re- release all three at once. But um, test the waters out. Get us maybe, I think, like a Silent Hill 2 could, yeah. uh, remake could be a really great start. Wet yeah. our appetites for it. Get the get the new fans on board for Silent Hill. People that haven't. Can you? Can you imagine a Blue Point remake of Silent Hill 2? I could imagine it. Oh and gosh, give the Demon Souls treatment. Oh my I'd rather God. they work on a Bloodborne remake or some That's sort true. of Bloodborne project. That's Silent true. Hill personally. <laughs> That's true. Or Metal Gear, the other project that they've been tied tied to. Oh, gosh, but uh, so I'll I'll take it. I'll take it. However, buddy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that I feel like get what are appetites with the Silent Hill 2? Have it be good. Have it be meaningful, like the the things about like the reworked AI animations and puzzles, like that stuff mm. kind of excites me. Like kind of like a Resident Evil two, a remake evolution of the game, like that sort of yep. level excites me rather than a facelift. Because yeah, Kevin, you and I played Silent Hill two uh, again recently, yeah. and uh, like the combat has like the gameplay has not aged well. Like, no, at all. no, it has, hasn't. At all. <laughs> but the the at- atmosphere and and yes. the chilling story and the and yeah yes. all that stuff remains intact and still still holds up nicely um and then yeah and yes, then and then you know get the momentum going for a new mainline silent hill game yeah man that's exciting yeah it is mm-hmm. moving on sony this week has unveiled a new playstation plus game lineup i'm gonna pull up the story right here so as you all know playstation plus is launching in some places this month uh and in a lot of other places including our region the americas next month in june uh so this week they gave us a deeper look into the service more of the lineup ubisoft plus is coming to playstation alongside xbox so we knew that uh 
Ubisoft Plus was coming to Xbox. That was announced a couple months yeah. ago. Now it's coming to PlayStation as well. But Ubisoft Plus Classics, which is a catalog of 27 classic Ubisoft titles, okay. will be included in the premium and essential tiers for PlayStation Plus. So I'm reading from the for, from the blog post here, and they write, we're focused on adding high-quality titles into the PlayStation Plus service for players to enjoy. I'm pleased to share a selection of the contents that will be available for PlayStation Plus Extra and Premium slash Deluxe plans. If you recall, the Deluxe is uh, available in the regions where the cloud streaming is not available, so they, they got their own sort of different lineup. PlayStation.com will be updated with the games list when it launches in your region. So one thing we have to note right away, a lot of people came in and drew a lot of conclusions to like, mm. oh, I'm like, there are a lot of like big hitter games on this list, but like so-and-so games not on there. It's like, I'm not <laughs> that impressed. This is only a selection of the games and probably yeah. a lot of the big heavy hitters of the games, not the full, as you know, 700 games that are going to be yeah, a part of the yeah. service. So just keep that in mind, folks, when you're looking at this list right here. So I'm going to pull it up right here in a second. Try to make the screen a little bit nicer bigger fill up the space a little bit better uh so the ps4 and ps5 catalog which is going to be a part of uh the uh, uh what's it called essential not essential extra tier it's going to have a lot of games inclu including ghost of tsushima demon souls uh the ps5 remake right demon souls returnal miles, miles morales death stranding director's cut red dead redemption 2 and assassin's creed valhalla wow so like those are like a good list. To, to me yeah. that's a pretty that's a pretty strong list like Games like Demon Souls, Death Stranding, Returnal are perfect for a service yeah. like this because yeah. people wonder, you know, who's this for? And a lot of us in, in our group, we've played those games. And on Twitter, a lot of us have played those games. But I still see a lot of people that are gaming daily, gaming heavily, are, are tuned into the news, plugged into the news that have not played Returnal yet or have not bought Demon Souls yet. Those are not charting weekly like the Miles Morales and the Horizon Forbidden mm -hmm. Lessons are. Um I'm going to pause right there. What do you guys think? What do you guys think of the initial sort of uh, highlights from the PS4 and PS5 games? Jimmy? No. I think they make a case for getting the extra right now. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily much of a case yet with the premium until we get the full list. Um, yeah. Because if you are... Because the main, the main kind of point of premium is the legacy titles and yes. so far the legacy titles aren't as strong um in terms of you know the playstation one psp yeah. and ps2 um unless you know you want the ps3 streaming but i think they do make a case for extra they they are i think that's the strongest case that they're making and i think a lot of people the majority of people feel like they're gravitating towards extra if they do upgrade uh, I think the PlayStation loyal will go to premium. Yeah. Uh, I want to read a little bit more about premium, which will include the classic game catalog, Jeremy, that you're talking about. So this is a quote from yeah. that PlayStation blog that writes, they write with some titles that will show improved frame rates and higher quality resolution compared to the original launch versions for select original PlayStation and PSP classic games. Members will also enjoy a new user interface with menus that allow you to save your game at any time or even rewind the game. If you want to do a do over uh, also players who have purchased, sorry, who have previously purchased the digital versions of select games from mm. original PlayStation and PSP generation will not have to make a separate purchase 
or sign up to PlayStation Plus that's nice. to play these titles. So that's yeah. a nice thing. Like PlayStation's usually uh, in the news getting grilled for not yeah. being consumer friendly and 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 sort of uh, as they call it dual entitlements and 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 yep. whatnot. And this was a good move on them. Um, so yeah. that class of games that you were uh, alluding to, uh, Jeremy, that list includes Ape Escape and Hot Shots Golf and IQ Intelligent Cube. Ooh, I remember, I remember that game. Uh, <laughs> and Siphon Filter, which, by the way, we just found yes. out today, right before the show, Siphon Filter is the first game announced that will have a trophy list. Did you guys see that? Wow, no, I did not see a, that. It's going to have a trophy list, including a platinum trophy. So they, uh, Ben Studio, oh. announced that. Um, just moments before this this recording right here. So <laughs> that, awesome. that right there, yeah. Jeremy, does that change your mind a little bit now? So if you see, okay, <laughs> hey, they got a better lineup of, of games. Mm -hmm. And then the games like potentially a uh, Dark Cloud or Dark Cloud 2 now, you have the incentive to go play those games, even yeah. if you played them before, if you're a trophy hunter. I, I don't know. I think the thing that excites me the most is just them saying that you could maybe have the opportunity to purchase them separately. Yes. Um, just it because... Say, what's that? Go on, sorry. Well, I was saying it says previously purchased, so I wonder if they're not going to let you purchase yeah. them now, but if you've done it in the past, they'll be... I, I think they hmm. might be available for sale. I think there might be like a classic game section for sale as well. Because honestly, I would do that yeah. as opposed to signing up for premium. I just buy the ones I want. I, I think you get the... I think it would be a missed opportunity if you don't get the best of both worlds. Cause obviously, yeah, you know, they probably want to recoup some of the costs that they for the features that they've added yeah. to some of these classic like game titles, like being able to save your game anytime or, yeah. or you know, being able to rewind and things like that. And and you know, the trophies um it, as a as a bonus. Uh but I, I think for me it's just you know, it's right now as it is. Extra seems good, and then if they do have the classic titles available as separate purchases, that might be, be the way for me to uh, to go. Yeah, um, can Kevin, I? Kevin, what are your thoughts? Well, my thoughts first of all. So premium, obviously, like like Jeremy said, uh, I was more drawn to that because I have a lot of PS One games that I just love, and you know, obviously they they haven't shown off the full list yet, and if they have, it's it's a dismal list. But um, they haven't because again, <laughs> yeah. it's going to be like three hundred games, yeah. and they're like showing yes. like thirty. Um, so, and, and I'm so excited for it. I mean, regardless, you know, uh, if they do offer you the option to purchase them, I honestly, I probably won't even go up to premium, truthfully, because if it's like too many, like if there's like, you know, 20 games there, like I'm probably just going to do premium because that's not worth spending 10 bucks each or five bucks each on. Um, but uh, yeah, mm -hmm. I have a few, I, I've purchased a lot of PS1 classics and as they called them on, you know, PS3 and, and Vita. And PSP, yeah. I purchased a lot of PSP. Oh man, that'd be great if games all as well. Back. Yes, yeah, so and many. so I'm hoping, I'm hoping because there's a lot of games that I owned there yeah. on the PS3 and on the PS. Dude, I have like Final and Fantasies and and yes. uh, Final Fantasy Tactics, and I have so you know many what? JRPGs, man. Like I have all of the best PS1 JRPGs. Yes. Aside from uh, Soul Reaver, which I'm, I'm absolutely in love with, there's a game <laughs> called uh, Threads of Fate, a, a Squaresoft oh, game. Oh, yeah. And that was one of my absolute yeah. favorite games growing up. And I and I own it, you know, on the PS3 as a PS1 classic, and I'm hoping that's there because yeah. I really yeah. want to play through that game again. So, yeah. Kevin, if, if we if if the service launches tomorrow, right? No. Are you which service tier are you going to uh, subscribe to? And are you so, going to do it monthly or annually? 
I'll probably do it annually regardless, uh, depending on what it is. So I'm going to look at the games list first uh, before I make that decision. Um, but if premium looks good, because again, I'm only in it really for the for the PS1 game. So so if premium is looking really good, I, I'm going to do it annually. Yeah. Um, and random side story, by the way, uh, with the rewind feature and being able to save anywhere. When I was a kid, I played through Abe's Exodus and Abe's Odyssey, and there was a moment where you have to jump off a little ledge, and this thing runs at you. This, yeah. I think it's called a scarab, and he's red, and he runs at you, and he kills you. I saved as I was dropping off the ledge, and so I just perpetually fall, fell into his path and killed me. Over, I had to literally start the whole game over. Uh, rewind, that rewind feature, buddy. <laughs> yeah. that rewind so feature I never beat that game uh, because of that yeah. moment. In my yeah, game right. history. I, I uh, see some value beyond like yeah. the PlayStation classics. I see some yes. value here, like Bioshock Remastered. Uh, you know, yes. I think I, I own all those games anyways. Borderlands, the handsome collection. There's like like stuff like Bulletstorm, which is a game that maybe not a lot of people bought and, and some people like. Like that'd be a nice game to like go back and revisit. Like I yes. I, I might be changing my tune here because uh, after seeing <laughs> that, yeah, Ark the Lad, Dark Cloud. Ark the Lad, Rogue, Jeremy. It's speaking to you, Jeremy. Rogue Galaxy, Wild Arms 3, and Siren are in there. It's looking pretty good. The Jack games, like, I, I'm Arms Armageddon. Original Demon Souls is there, buddy. Did you yes. see that? Original I saw Demon's, that oh, instantly. Via streaming. Via streaming. I saw that instantly. Kevin, by the way, uh, a few days ago, I was comparing our trophies. You platinum that PS3 game as well. You platinum the the PS5 yes. remake as well as the PS3 game. Good job, buddy. <laughs> I was you, like eyeballing all it your was, trophies. I was going through your entire gaming history, buddy. You're it was much more forgiving <laughs> on the PS5 version. Uh, in the PS3 version, you had to uh, make at least... I don't remember if it was a plus 10 weapon for each and every stone that you can make a weapon from, uh, but you had to at least get it to a certain point. Uh, and, and it was horrible because you had to you had to farm clear stone and yeah. you could only do it for uh, you could only do it reliably <laughs> by going to this one black <laughs> phantom in uh, in the Shrine of Storms. And so you just you'd go, you'd kill him. If it didn't drop it, you'd go jump off a cliff and come again. And you just kept doing that over and over again until you got one clear stone. I want to go back to I want to go back in time and just see that Kevin doing that over and over again. It was so hey, frustrating. Let's let's I want to I want to have some conversation around uh keep having this conversation about like the yeah. value of these tiers and yes. all that. All right. Uh, I see it. The, the game definitely excites me. The I mean, it's it's such we've talked about this. We talked about it with Luke. Yeah. Uh, it, it feels like they're just throwing a, a bunch of things together. Like if yeah. you like blindfolded me and asked me to like recite <laughs> off the top of my head what like premium includes, like I might struggle with that. Right. There's a classics yeah. and then there's remasters and then there's yeah. a PS3 games via yeah, streaming. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, there's there, there's just so many different like categories that they're in. Yes. So it's it's, it's, it's weird. Very offering. The, the time trials, I know that it's gotten a lot of flack, but like, for instance, you know, we had an itch to play Tiny Tina. Like, yeah, <laughs> th those games that you have an itch for that you see the timeline talking about and playing, and where you're like, I wonder if I would like Ghostwire yes. Tokyo, right? Yes. That like it's a valuable yeah. thing. People dismiss it, but if I would have played two hours of Ghostwire Tokyo, yeah. I'd have been like, cool, this doesn't need to be a day one. I don't yeah. regret that beautiful steelbook. Well, and I got. let me tell you, I've played demos that sold a game for me, and the game didn't didn't build it didn't uh, come through. You know, the demo was great. Oh, but the, the game itself was, was not amazing. Yeah, but I would have known in the two hours of playing yes. the Ghostwire Tokyo because that's about how much I played yes. it. And that's I what I mean. It. It's totally invaluable, the, the time trials. Invaluable? It's invaluable. 
because because the game demo might not even be a portion of the game. Like, look at uh, you know Final Fantasy 15, how they were doing different uh, oh, different portions, okay. and the demos I, was like it was just like a tech demo. Yeah, you know? I, I, I see what you're. I see what you're talking about. That's what I meant to say. It, yeah, you, you play a certain demo and then you play the game, and you're like, well, wait, this doesn't feel the but same you, you, you get a feel like i would have gotten a feel for like the controls and like the combat yes. in, in ghostwire yes. tokyo and thought to myself i thought to myself yeah i'm not like it is it's not really resonating with me yeah well and just to be clear what i'm saying is the difference between demos and a time trial of the real yeah. game right like, oh, gotcha, i like gotcha, the gotcha, idea yeah. of a time trial yeah, yeah because i like it, being able to actually play the real thing and see yeah. if i like it. and you and have your progress carry over yes yeah because the distinction that you're trying to make is that a demo is basically kind of a slice of the game where yeah. you know you might be like x amount of hours in and you're kind of just like thrown into the action but you have like you know like a pretty beefed up character yeah. um yeah at times uh, yeah. As opposed to like starting a game from scratch in the initial exactly. hour, yeah, yeah, or two. Yeah, I, I want to say that the first party lineup is actually really strong. I mean, you're getting Ghost yeah. of Tsushima's director's cut. You're getting that PS5 version. That was and one of the problems. Knack. With, you're getting, they, <laughs> I like how they listen Knack, but not Knack Two. Knack Two. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what up with that? No one's no one's buying Knack Two. Put that in there. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> because like, every other knack, game there has like one, two, and three, and then it's like Knack. It's like, like Knack. knack the definitive edition <laughs> i'm actually surprised sack boy is in there sorry yeah no and, and the thing is is that they could roll out these games to keep it exciting that's where true. it's like great last of us part two is not coming in onto the service uh sack boy so th there will be games that roll into it eventually i mean sack yeah. boy might still be something that's well it's to me what's surprising is marvel spider-man uh miles morales yeah. being on there because that game's still yeah. charting that game is yeah. still selling yeah. so PlayStation is saying, hey, we we're upping the price and we're going to talk about value in a second here because um, I think that's uh, we have a question for that. But let's get into our, our first question. AJ Tropical Solaire asks, yes. do you think the new PS Plus is aiming more towards selling the consoles and for newcomers over its dedicated player base? And are the yearly prices justified? uh i can take that one first so yeah. it's 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 hard to say who it's they're, they're they're targeting because i look at this list i look at all the lists and i don't get for myself personally the value because I've, I've i've bought all yeah. these games yes but i but that's me that's anecdotal that's me i, I i'm i'm doing that I, I mentioned earlier anecdotally as well that a lot of people play the big miles morales the big elden rings the, the horizons but may not jump into the death strandings or the demon souls yeah. or the originals yeah. uh so this gives them an opportunity for those those kinds of games that don't sell as many units as the god of wars to get in the hands of playstation players i think this is a good i think this is a good game pass like type of subscription for playstation fans not every playstation yeah. player has game pass so Rather than uh, having them be attracted to uh, switching, get maybe getting a Series S and subscribing to Game Pass, PlayStation saying, "Hey, we got a similar service here that isn't one to one, but scratches that itch as well." Oh yeah, uh, and it really feels more like an evolution of PlayStation Now combined with PlayStation yeah. Plus. Like the way I see it is, PlayStation Plus. I've said this before has a lot of brand value, has a, has a lot of brand equity, yeah. has fifty million plus subscribers. PlayStation now has 3 million and doesn't seem like it's really growing. Um, create some sort of upsell path from PlayStation plus on the strong brand on the back of the strong band of PlayStation plus and create a new revenue stream from existing PlayStation players that would have normally not 
considered PlayStation Now or subscription yeah. service because they see, hey, great, I get yeah. these games this month with PlayStation Essential, PlayStation Plus Essential. I get these three games, but now this right below it or right next to it as I'm downloading these games, I'm seeing that there's like 500 other games here I could get if I pay $5 more per month. Um, well, are the annual prices justified? I think so. For 120 bucks to get access to all those games, I mean, yeah. right now, Demon Souls and uh, Ghost of Tsushima Director's Cut and Returnal, most of those games are retailing for 70 bucks a piece yeah. here in the US. So I think at 120 bucks or 100 bucks, the prices are justified. When you start looking at the monthly prices compared to Game Pass, uh, the, premium, the premium starts looking a little bit, it doesn't look good. Right. The $18 a month does not look good. And I think PlayStation knows that. I think PlayStation wants to get you locked in for the whole year. They're driving yeah. you towards that annual subscription. So the monthly prices are not justified, in my opinion. They are not a good value if you're not ready to commit and you really just want to binge a bunch of games for one month for 15 bucks or 18 bucks. Go for it. You don't have that commitment. But the, the value, I think, is there for the annual prices. Well, and let me say just on the flip side of everything you just said, because you're talking mostly about people that already are part of the PlayStation brand, but like just for the sake of example, I was out of Xbox for a really long time. And so the idea of a Game Pass coming in, getting an Xbox and being able to have stuff to play instantly was really exciting. You know, and, yeah, and yeah. the same goes for somebody, let's say they've been on Xbox or they haven't had a console and they get a PS5 for the first time. They've never had a PS3. They never had a PS1, PS2, uh, ne obviously never had a PS4 or 5. That's exciting. You've now got a huge backlog of games. You might not even have to necessarily go out and get anything for a really long time because they're yeah. all right there at your fingertips. And that's a gigantic value. I mean, the games yep. listed there under the PlayStation Studios right there is just immense. Yeah, I would. I, I mean, again, we mm -hmm. own all those. But like if I didn't, oh, my gosh, what a value. Yeah, thanks you know, so much so. for bringing that up. I mean, I, you see so many PlayStation people, people that never got the Xbox one. Yeah. Get a Series S alongside their PlayStation 5 or maybe just get a Series S as their first next-gen console as they still have a PS4. Yeah. Um, and you're seeing the, the joy and the value that they're experiencing with, with Game Pass. It does give, you're, you're absolutely right, uh, Kevin, Xbox players the opportunity to get a taste of PlayStation. Bloodborne, y'all. Xbox. Yeah. <laughs> we, got, we got some friends that have only played on Xbox or only yeah. have an Xbox right now. Guys, well, experience the glory of Bloodborne yeah. and Demon well, Souls and Returnal. And and that's what I'm saying is, you know, it may not be a one-to-one -one comparison with, with Game Pass, but it is a very good place to start, you know, especially, again, for new players coming into the platform because we probably own a lot of the PS1, 2, yeah. 3, 4, and 5 games that they're offering, but there are people that don't, and that's a yeah. really great value for them. Guys, by the way, am I cutting in and out? Am I keep getting this, like, really low Wi-Fi signal? How, how's my sound and video? All right? It's been pretty good. It's been pretty good. Yeah. Uh, there are There's a drop here and there, but it's not noticeable. Okay. It's, yeah. Jeremy, what are your uh, thoughts on that? Do you want to add to that or? I, I, I mean, it's a bit of a cop-out answer, but it's for both. <laughs> it's for, <laughs> it's for both newcomers and their dedicated, you know, uh, player base. Obviously yeah. you, you know, Kevin brought up a good point that for newcomers, right. When they purchase that console, it's already a, a big investment. Uh, being able to save a couple hundred bucks just to not purchase any games at all and just get into, you know, this catalog of games that will keep you busy for, for a while um, is yeah. a good value. But at the same time, as an existing player, if you 
wanted to get into some of some of the legacy titles, you're able to do that with, you know, one of the uh, one of the tiers. So I think yeah. really it's for uh, it's really for both. Yeah. And some of them aren't so legacy, like Marvel's Guardians yeah. of the Galaxy. I just saw that. I didn't no, see yeah, that the first no. time. Like, that's great. Like, we know that landed on Xbox recently. The Artful Escape, that was on Xbox. Yeah. Oh, Ashen. Hollow Knight, <laughs> Ashen, Celeste. There's a lot of really quality games here outside yeah. of the PlayStation Studios stuff. Yeah. Um, great question, AJ. Ubisoft, you couldn't give us Division 2? <laughs> They're, they're, they're all, by the way, they were a little shysty, weren't they, with uh, the Ubisoft Classics? It's yeah. 27 titles. <laughs> we don't even get Extraction? Come on. Bro, come on, Jeremy. The Division 2 is selling for $5 right now. I bought that game for $3, dollars, dude. It's, it's selling for $3, as low as $3. <laughs> That's get money in the players. bag. Get more players. Get get that get that gas money. And then yeah, Far Cry 4, you couldn't give us Far Cry 5? Primal? <laughs> one of those? Yeah. New yeah. Dawn? Come oh, on. Oh, man. Uh, uh we so got another question we, yes we got two more questions one mountain drew says you'll probably talk about it but i'm wondering how many people do you think who aren't currently ps plus users will sub to ps plus now um again i would say the value is there i'd say a lot of people that aren't ps plus users would take advantage of this that they already own every single thing on there <laughs> Yeah, it feels like a good gateway drug. Uh, PS yes. Plus feels like a really good gateway drug, essential <laughs> to the other higher tiers, and I think that's what PlayStation is is banking on. Um, yeah. I think, and then you guys covered it really well. The people that are new to the ecosystem, um, you're gonna get those subs as well. So I think it's gonna be pretty successful for them. I think the reception yeah. to it has, you know, been anywhere from from mixed to um, positive. Yeah. I think this is a pretty strong list, and. They're going to, I feel like if this is successful, if this is a good a, a experiment for PlayStation and they're seeing a really strong revenue stream for it. They're going to, they're going to continue investing in it. And oh, if yeah. this is a start, this is a fairly strong start in my opinion. Yeah. Is yeah, it, is it game that. pass? Is it game pass? Good. No, no it's not. No. And, no. and, and it doesn't necessarily need to be because that's not PlayStation's model right now. They're yeah. not going all no. in on that model. We, yeah. And we we talked about it in the previous episode too. It, I would love to see them do away with the third tier and just combine that with the second tier. Yes, yes, I agree. And with they that. might, and they might, yeah. right? They might see that. Hey, you know what? We've gotten enough data now. We're seeing yeah. how people are interacting with this. This is causing confusion. Yeah, they might consolidate. Yeah, because I honestly don't see the point in having three. Still, I know we've already you know, beat that dead horse, but <laughs> yeah, it just don't see the point. Um, yeah. Do you guys have anything else you want to add to that? That's good. Okay. So we got another question here from Dan Linton. Will Sony implement trophy support in more legacy titles in PS plus premium with siphon filter being confirmed to uh, have them? Uh, yeah. I mean, if they're doing it here, I can imagine that they would want to do it in the future too, to build even more value, you know, to be more, uh, I don't know if I'd say respectful is, is the right way to say it, but you're working for something, you know? So that'd be cool. I think that'd be even more value for, for a player. I think they'll leave it up to the developer. Yeah. Yeah. I wondered about that. Cause obviously Ben studio thriving studio working on a new IP mm -hmm. that's working. Japan studio uh, has been sort of absorbed into a So you, you wonder which teams are the ones implementing the trophies. Is it the developers themselves or is there yeah. a dedicated team that they have yeah. of developers that are doing this? Um, I will I will say that that will that will be a huge incentive for people to upgrade from uh, 
essential. God dang, extra. <laughs> you can't have two that start with E. I'm going to mix them both up. Uh, extra to, to premium because like now, like I have a greater incentive, I feel like, to play Siphon Filter again. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. To get those trophies. Uh, so oh, I think gosh. I think I think it's a potentially low effort thing. I don't know how much effort they go into yeah. going in and, and programming in there and thinking through what the trophies are. Um, I don't think you have to do. You don't have to be a genius with how you plan it. Um, but <laughs> I, I, you know, I'm not saying to have them be throwaway trophies like some, yeah, yeah. some indie developers are like screw PlayStation for making us do this, and they are like uh, 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 what's it? Uh, Undertale is one of those games where the the, oh, the trophies no. are a little bit of a joke. I platinum that game. Uh, <laughs> Complete but disc one. Complete we, disc we, two. We we know that people buy two dollar games and ninety nine cent games for easy platinums. Yes. So, yes. Uh, it's it's a marketing strategy. So that's I so good. PlayStation leaning into that. I just want Soul Reaver so bad. <laughs> Give this man Soul Reaver. Oh, we didn't, actually, I forgot to put it in the agenda. I don't think I added it to the agenda in uh, Embracer's uh, financial yeah. call. Yes, they mentioned that uh, with the acquisition. They will be leaning into you know remakes, yes. remasters as well. So they they brought up you know the Soul Reavers, the Tomb Raiders, yep, yep, the yep, Deus yep. Exes, and all that jazz. So you might get yourself. I mean, That's Soul so Reaver exciting. I think is like the best candidate I think for yep. a remake or remaster. There's still yep. such a cult following, you know, to this day. So I really hope so. Yeah. All right. Hey, thanks for those questions, guys. Well, moving on to the next topic, can we expect the Last of Us remake and God of War Ragnarok? from playstation this year so let's start with god of war ragnarok can we expect it to meet the 2022 release window now we know it was originally slated for 2021 god delayed there were stories that the actor was injured the uh, uh christopher judge the kratos actor was injured and that pushed back the the some of the motion capture and all that stuff and there's been a lot of confidence around 2022, right? The Sony Santa yeah. Monica bio says 2022. PlayStation's website says 2022. Bruno Velasquez just recently, the animation director at Sony Santa Monica, just recently said 2022. And we just today got an overview of all of its accessibility features, right? So you, people are yeah. trying to think like, ooh, that's a, usually those. That's usually the run up to to the the launch of the game where they start touting like some of those extra features, the accessibility features. And yet, I'm telling you, yet. It could still be delayed to 2023. Yes. Anything's nothing, possible. Nothing is definitive anymore. Nothing yes. is definitive. No matter how much mm -hmm. confidence, no matter what the PlayStation website says, no matter what the Starfield trailer says with the date programmed into the dashboard of the spacecraft. So <laughs> um, that's God of War Ragnarok. And and we, yeah. we can talk about that. But like what, what gets me excited about holiday 2022 and how that's, that could potentially shape out is a God of War Ragnarok and a That Last of Us oh remake. Gosh. So rumors for that have been games. heating back up thanks to Jeff Grubb's recent appearance on Kind of Funny Gamescast, uh, where he said, I keep hearing that it's coming out this year. The Last of Us remake this holiday. Yes, Jeff Grubb Dude, said. this is... I, I don't know if my family can take another uh, a repeat of Horizon Zero Dawn and then Elden Ring like right next to each other. <laughs> I, I don't think PlayStation. Tonight. I don't think PlayStation will do that to themselves. But I mean, they kind of did, right? They did Gran Turismo yeah. and Horizon, yeah. different audiences. <laughs> I think the God of War and the Last of Us audience. There's yeah. a lot more. That Venn diagram is a lot more of an overlap there. Yeah. Uh, what do you guys think? Do you guys feel like that's a, a pretty pretty good likelihood of PlayStation's holiday 2022 plans? I want to say yes. I mean, you know, they they were super honest and open when when it had to 
you know, it's going to be shown when it's ready type of type of talk that we've been hearing a lot. Um, you know, Corey comes out and says stuff like that all the time on Twitter. It'll be shown when it's ready, you know, and, and but there's been no talk of of pushing it back. And and like you like you pointed out, everything seems to uh, seems to point to the fact that they're just on track for 2022. And I'm 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 just hopeful. I mean, as a as a huge God of War fanboy, I'm just so hopeful <laughs> that's coming out this year. Yeah, I'm like 80. 80 90 percent sure or hopeful that it's gonna yeah. come out <laughs> the 2022 i think it's kind of funny that we're just saying hopeful now just because yeah. in a in a global like or pandemic and post-pandemic yeah. world like anything can shift you know from <laughs> in a matter day to day to yeah to to you know get that to be delayed to 2023 yeah. I hope not. Um, just after yeah. you know, kind of uh, seeing that Redfall and and Starfield have been delayed into twenty twenty three, it would just be terrible for for another yes. Yes. game uh, to miss the twenty two twenty twenty two release window. Yeah. What? And obviously, it goes without saying. We always say it, but it's like you know, it, it does need to be when it's ready. So it's like obviously it's nobody wants the game Ultimately, if it's broken. Yeah. Yeah, and 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 they have a large history of only releasing quality product, you know. So it's like yeah. there's no doubt in my mind that it will be ready when it launches. They're not going to pull an Ubisoft and launch a, a a broken game and and fix it later. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I I truly believe that just from everything we've, well, I guess the lack of information we've heard that it's on track for for 2022 and it's going to be it's going to be here for the holiday. Yeah, I'm hoping we see a little bit more of it this summer, hopefully. Yeah. Oh man. So what what form what form do you think it'll come in? Do you think it'll like <clears throat> can they sell The Last of Us remake on its own? Mm. Will they do like some sort of Miles Morales Spider-Man remastered sort of thing? Do you think uh, I don't I don't see them selling it on its own as like 39.99 or anything like that. I feel like it's got to be part of some sort of bundle. I think it'll come with factions. Has to be. Yeah. Like yeah. Uh, multiplayer was such a like it was such a good that mode was so good uh, <laughs> lack of better <laughs> i have yeah. no words that's how good, good factions was. was yeah factions was so good <laughs> like it, it really was it it reminded me of socom when uh you know socom was one of the best multiplayer experiences on the playstation 2 and it kind of replicated that feeling um in terms of like its gameplay and like i can't wait for like a a factions two or you know if if this gets bundled with a factions type mode, I, I I've been thinking about that a lot this week. Is like, how do you get factions? Like, in order for factions to be successful, I think it's already going to be fairly successful. The first yeah. one was like an add on to what the main course, which was you know obviously the yeah. Last of Us. Um, it makes sense, right? Doesn't it make sense for yeah. factions? It wouldn't be like poetic for it to then come back to the game that it was att attached to. Um, I'm excited that they wanted factions like to be fleshed out more and for it to be its own thing. And, and right. it it just makes me wonder what the heck is going on. Like, like we, we talk, we talk about like the Xbox development side with the delays and stuff <laughs> like that. And yeah. factions is technically de delayed, right? Like we, we expected yeah. yeah. it was mm -hmm. initially supposed to launch with the game. And we're like standing along, we're like, oh, cool. Maybe like six months later <laughs> or like a year later. Folks, it's been two years and we haven't even seen it's a trailer. Cool. Kevin, you're making yeah. a lot of facial expressions and I'm confused. Uh, I almost refreshed the page. <laughs> that would have kicked me out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what's going on, Kevin? Are we okay? Um, 
<laughs> By the way, side note, don't let this turn into a tangent. Kevin, every time I go into a tangent, you, t- you turn it into a bigger tangent. Last week when we finished recording the episode, <laughs> I, uh, ta- tangent police. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what, what happened was uh, I, t- I took my headphones off and then I go to use the bathroom. I'm like, all right, time to do all the editing and all that stuff. Yeah. Right? And then I hear a voice inside the house and uh, I was, you know, I thought I was home alone. My wife came home early in the middle of the podcast. I didn't know. Uh, Anyways, I don't know why I had to make, give that attention. She scared the hell out of me. Like I slowly started walking down the stairs. Like there's someone baseball in my bat. house. Yes. I bought a baseball bat this week because of that. Uh, I did. No, not, that's not a lie. That's funny. What the hell were we talking about? I'm sorry. I'm the tangent guy now. Factions. I, factions. So. <laughs> Yeah, what about factions? <laughs> uh, no, but factions like, like it feels. Is it weird to just get it uh, and to bundle it only with a remake that some people have been like sort of on on the fence about? And I have a whole rant about that, by the way. But it feels weird oh. to just uh, bundle it with the, the remake when I feel like it was also tied to The Last of Us Part Two. Like, are there multiple paths to factions? Is there one game to rule them all, which is a Last of Us Part Two director's cut? Last of Us remake Ooh. and factions all in one for seventy bucks. Is factions a PS Plus kind of game? Like, yeah. how do you how yeah. do you get factions in the hands of as many players as possible so it's a successful online service, yeah. uh, games as a service potentially, as well as uh, get good revenue from it. Yeah, definitely make it free to play. Add tons of ads, especially full screen ads, and lots and lots of overpriced items to buy for your character. I think that's always been a successful uh, plan. Chili's, <laughs> baby back ribs. You just win a match, and it's all enjoy your match at Chili's. <laughs> um, yeah. So, any 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 other thoughts on that, Jeremy? I mean, so there was a lot of talk recently about like how Sony envisions, you know, being a little bit more multi-platform and what they mean, right. By multi-platform obviously is mobile and, and PC. It would kind of make sense from a, just trying to, you know, expand the, the appeal of their brand to have factions be a free to play like multiplayer game. Right. Like, they're always looking for their own like Fortnite, and i don't think you know factions i don't think it'll be like it'll, it'll reach the popularity of a Fortnite, but i think it will have a it would have a good decent following if it was kind of released into that um space of like a free-to-play multiplayer shooter yeah. um but it whether or not that gets bundled with like the remake i I mean i could still see it being bundled with the remake um maybe with some additional perks uh because you know they they like doing that for for better or worse um be it kind of like you know like obviously skins or or credits or uh include includes the battle pass because i i would be surprised if factions 2 did not come with a battle pass or season mm. pass, whatever mm. they whatever they call it. Yeah. And yeah. and if you include that in the remake, I could see that being kind of like a a a, a value, an additional value to it. Hmm. And as far as the remake itself, uh, this is where I want to insert my little rant. <laughs> oh, I was so hoping I was going to prompt it if you didn't. Okay. Yeah, I was like, what is this rant? I want to. Oh, it. did you guys see it in the notes? I got to make sure I got to remember I do this rant. <laughs> 
there's such a misconception about the last of us remake yes the game was a ps3 game and yes it, it got a ps4 remaster already that looks pretty good already plays well story still holds up the cinematics still hold up nicely is it as polished as a mm. ps5 game or a you know mid-gen no it's not but it holds up right do we need a last of us remake no we don't but here's the deal what happens is that when a studio finishes up a game uh like the last of us parts yeah. two and they are as we know we think they're working on a new ip they've hinted at as such there's a whole team that has to go in go into a room think about what the next game is going to be lots of concepts thrown out some of that stuff is done as the last of us two is wrapping up already but then you have a ton of developers just sitting around wondering what the <laughs> heck to do so it wasn't that they said hey should we work on a brand new ip or should we do the <laughs> last of us remake oh let's do the safe bet and do last of us remake yeah. no this was yeah. an initiative that started with playstation san diego the visual arts group there and then naughty dog said hey let us take that over we have a bunch of developers available to work on this um that were just sitting around anyways the <laughs> the uh the uh, alternate uh, alternate would, would would be those developers getting laid off like back in the days like game yeah. gets released bunch of developers get laid off and so uh, until they need to ramp back up again, right? That's yeah. like, that yeah. was a story at PlayStation Studios. All the studios did that. And now where you could sort of do these overlapping projects where you can get these quick wins, whether it's, is it a DLC? Well, we know that they didn't have a DLC for The Last of Us. All right, so that team is now working on the last of us remake while another mm -hmm. team is working on factions multiplayer while there's another team in pre-production i imagine working on the design concepts the the creative concepts for what that new ip is i think those are the three projects and otherwise you got a big group i don't know how many developers are in naughty dog where, where are they at two three hundred four hundred developers it's a pretty big studio you got a number of developers sitting around not doing anything get them last of us remake i would much rather have the last of us remake than nothing at all than us just waiting uh there for it so it's not yeah. an opportunity cost maybe a little bit maybe maybe some things get 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 moved a little bit in their pipeline sure but i'll take that but they're not spending they're not sacrificing four years of development to do this instead in place of that like you guys got to understand that this isn't playstation forcing them to do this this is a bunch yeah. of developers trying to stay busy trying to stay happy working on a project in between projects yeah. also get their feet wet with at yeah. the time a next generation console yeah yes. well, and it's a project they're clearly passionate about they wouldn't have taken it over if they weren't if you they know? didn't want it yeah they're like, clearly excited hey, about it jim ryan didn't come and say hey let's do safe bets only naughty dog last of us yeah. only maybe bring in another <laughs> uncharted like that's not how it goes down so yeah. um and then uh We're, question by the way do you guys think it's gonna be cross-gen i think it's gonna be cross-gen last of us remake i don't know i mean it's a good question i could see factions being cross-gen and if it yeah. is being bundled in with this package then i could see you know the remake being um cross-gen but mm. if they really wanted to show like what the system's capable of yeah hopefully yeah. it would be current gen exclusive i don't think they will though i don't think they'll try to like i think they're gonna match they will i mean they will up resident and all that stuff to ps5 yeah. but i think they're not they're gonna try to match uh the 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 last of us parts too and i i say lock it in, lock it in that's where my vote is lock it in god yeah. of war last of us remake and factions 
Those yeah. are going to be like the, the last cross gen games. Man, mm. it's turn of the century. <laughs> we, we got we got one last question relating to the Last of Us. By the way, um, before I get into that, you, you guys you guys feel me on that rant? Like, yeah, yeah. This isn't like a big opportunity cost. Like, well, I know, think they didn't someone confirmed it as much right like that that was the the case they had a bunch of people bunch of developers that weren't doing anything and yeah this was kind of like an opportunity um to jeff have them yeah have yeah them jeff grubb said that and um jason schreier himself who had you know he was originally the one that had the more scathing article on on, yeah. on playstation studios he himself said that stuff right uh and then the same thing, same things were said about uh, Ben Studio. Ben Studio, yeah. And that was the same thing. Like they weren't forced to be a Naughty Dog North or whatever. They had a bunch of developers that were sitting around wondering what the next project is. Didn't have a Days Gone two approved. Um, working on a, a bunch of other pitches, including a new siphon filter, and and uh, uh, I think Jeff Ross said that he wanted to do an, uh, an Uncharted with a young Sully <laughs> as well. So, uh, that but like that is. That is like the design team. That's the creative team. That's the writers brainstorming a bunch of these ideas. Yeah. You have a bunch of animators and, uh, you know, systems people and technical people and, and, and a lot of technical developers that aren't early on in those conversations that yeah. aren't doing that yeah. stuff full time that need work to do. <laughs> Otherwise they're just sitting around. They said, uh, hey, we're going to release this uh, three tiered subscription service in the future. <laughs> so we need y'all to make some achievements. Yeah. Trophies. <laughs> Keep yourselves busy that way. Yeah. We got a question from my man, Madev Banka, who asks, will we ever get to see The Last of Us 1 and 2 being ported to PC? Asking this, considering both Uncharted 4 and The Lost Legacy are launching this year on PC too, so I have high hopes. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I think so. Yeah. 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 And I think sooner rather than later. I see, I see Last of Us making more sense. Yeah. on pc than spider-man even um yeah because especially especially factions jeremy you were alluding to this it's they want to get onto more platforms yeah uh and i i see factions being could be, be should be a pc game like at launch that should be a day one pc game like that, that, yeah. those are my thoughts on it yeah i could see them kind of timing the release uh yeah, of a last of us one or two like package like when the when the show comes out yeah, yeah, yeah. For for PC, you mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Even I can, I, even for PS Five, PS Four. Oh, you're you're thinking that it's not going to be this year, but next next spring? No, I was just saying, like, if they, because if the implication is that we get Last of Us remake and maybe factions uh, uh, this holiday, Sans uh, Last Last of Us Two, I could see them like after the show or during the show. Uh, when it premieres that they'll have kind of like a, oh, a package set of like I'm, the whole thing. I am done. When you said the show, I was, th I was thinking he meant the baseball game. MLB <laughs> the show. <laughs> I was like, cool. He means like the springtime around that time. I'm like, that makes sense. That's around when lost legacy came out. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I see it being a kind of a similar situation yeah. with lost legacy where you got the, where they're probably announced at the same time. And you got like the PlayStation versions. And like you said, Jeremy, the show. Not MLB yeah. the show, The Last of Us show. Sorry. To, to get yeah. that momentum going. The HBO um, so, Madev, keep those hopes high, man, because I think it's happening. All right. So, our last topic before we get into news bites is Final Fantasy VII news is coming next yes. month. Yes. 
So I'm going to read it here from RPG site where Alex Donaldson writes, fans waiting to hear more about what's next in the world of Final Fantasy VII should begin hyperventilating. Kevin, as the next news <laughs> for the beloved universe is apparently not far off, according to new comments made by Square Enix's Tetsuya Nomura. That's uh, so exciting. He, uh, quote, says, Nomura says this, next month we're planning to publish information related to 7th's 25th anniversary, Nomura stated, during a special promotional stream for mobile-based Battle Royale FF spinoff, The First Soldier. He continues... I wonder how far I'm allowed to share it uh, about it right now. Never they always really say that. <laughs> yeah, that teasing so that he might exciting. actually reveal a little information yeah. on the stream. Uh, so end of, end quote on that article. Now my my thoughts is that yes, I we we said that anniversaries and milestones aren't necessarily uh, tied to a trailer or some sort of big new game announcement, but 25th anniversary is something kind of special. Uh, and it's a it's a pretty big milestone. So I think you want to go big. I think yeah. we're at a point since they're building on top of part one where they can show some sort of early teases. We know Square Enix likes to show things off hella early. Like <laughs> they did that with remake. They did that with 15 and Kingdom yeah. Hearts 3 and Kingdom Hearts 4 just four. recently. And yep. we, saw, we, we, we saw them do that for the anniversary of Kingdom Hearts, right? So why wouldn't they do that for Final Fantasy 7? But we've also saw, sort of seen some lackluster 25th anniversaries. Uh, yep. The Persona <laughs> anniversary so far yes. has been a little lackluster. Uh, oh. It's been ongoing since last September. Um, and who knows? They <laughs> might end it off with a big bang uh, in yeah. uh, September of this year. But so far, it's you know some merch, maybe a concert or two. Uh, yeah, so, what do you guys yeah. think? You guys think can we can we expect to see something big next month, or are we gonna get like some cute merch or, or something? What's Nomura talking about here, Jeremy? You're gonna get the title art for part two. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> yes. Uh, I, I mean, I would love for them to show a little tease of uh, part two of the remake, but would they really show the remake like? would they really have a teaser for part two remake when they haven't given us a new trailer for 16 yet? That's they've, true. They've done it before. Let's get into the question because it ties into, ties, ties into okay. this. Okay. Rob Swizzle asks final fantasy anniversary announcement tomorrow may include a more definitive release date for remake two, perhaps a teaser for what is further down the line afterward or Wait, these two questions, or they pushed the release date again. Uh, which would you consider to be more realistic, fellas? Rob, do you mean by push the release date again in terms of because they haven't announced the release date for remake yeah. part two, have they? Maybe he's so. referring to how they did it with uh number one, oh. you know, how they, they pushed it back a month or, or so. Yeah, oh, um, gotcha. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, honestly, I, I think it would make all the sense in the world to show the open world. You know, and just show like the part of the open world you're going to be in, whatever that may look like. Uh, yeah. That would get people really excited. Uh, and a release date would be amazing. I don't think they need to do that. I think it's too, uh, it might be too early to do that. No, Kevin, yeah. you're, you could be right. Like, they, no, I mean, they, of course, like they don't need to because everybody's excited for this regardless. <laughs> yeah. I, well, I'm somewhere in between you and Jeremy. I think doing yeah. just a logo title card would be, it would piss people off. Like, that's yes. it. We waited one month for this. All right. All right. Yeah. You get, you get a title card and a new statue of Tifa. All right. There you go. There we go. Preferably the one that you sent me, though, <laughs> with the cluster sword. <laughs> I want that one. You're I, the I, one that sent that to us. I, that's I, right i did <laughs> yeah I was like, 
Oh, and I definitely I bought it. Go I on. see them doing like a minute and a half trailer teaser. Yeah. Uh, give it, give us something. Yeah. Uh, get the hype going. Feed the fans a little bit, but don't overpromise. Yeah. Don't have to do too much. Um, in terms of release date, I don't think they're gonna give us a release date. They might give us a release year. You know, yeah. they. Yeah. We might yeah. get a. 2024 potentially or what What did they say for kingdom hearts more coming soon or something like I that think, yeah this is magic soon. in the making or something like that Ma- yeah, yeah coming they, soon. um you know what though even if faces even if they're tr- even if their teaser is just like a continuation of the teaser at yeah. the end of of their their dlc you know where they just maybe they make it all i think they're going to what they're going to calm right now even if it's just like them arriving in town and you're like <gasps> there's the windmill and he's gonna oh wait the windmill's not calm is it anyway whatever you get my point uh see the mansion or something for the first time i don't know that'd be great i see that being like an after after title like the trailer the badass trailer the hype trailer happens the title happens and then they're like still like walking or whatever like yeah but they did that i feel like they did that trick already with uh integrate dlc i'm not sure like they did that like twice so i don't know if they would do do it again um jeremy i think you want to say something say something jeremy while i collect my thoughts no, I was going to say that I, you know, I didn't even expect that they would have shown a teaser for Kingdom Hearts this early. Yeah. Um, so anything, anything is is possible. And and you're right. Like I, they could just have a a quick teaser in there. Um, I can kind of see it. You know, them doing like, okay, Final Fantasy VII Integrate now available on Xbox, and then <laughs> and then no. kind of lead into remake part two. Yeah. Um, with it, with a tease of, yeah, kind of like what Kevin said in the open world map, yeah. um, set the expectations really low and then come into it with the teaser trip. When, when was Vincent revealed in the game? Um, was he one of the last, ca- well, he was an optional character, right? Well, he, so you interact with him in yeah. the mansion, the Shinra mansion first, yeah. but he's, he's stuck in a coffin. Yeah. Uh, and then you actually get to see him later. Like, um, what they tease yeah, like, like Vincent, wait. like, yeah. <laughs> um but that might be a spoiler so we'll shut it down <laughs> i just just watch what you say i mean people, people yes, there there are yes. people that have not finished final fantasy 7 so that's true that's true and are experiencing final fantasy 7 uh you know through in, the remake the first time through the remake yes that's you true know, i'm not speaking as one of those people but i might be i'm speaking <laughs> as one of those people hey <laughs> I didn't finish Final Fantasy VII originally. I'm well, sorry. Here's thing, I, though, I got also. I got stuck in Walmart uh, Walmart. <laughs> but here's the thing too: um, the remake is. I mean, obviously, this doesn't excuse spoilers at all for the original. But but the beautiful thing about the remake is he may come in in a completely unexpected way earlier than he's supposed to. You know, because that's the whole gist of the game. Yeah, for sure. Let me let me ask you guys this question. So what are, what are 13. your like? Jimmy, was that? No, I was saying that Red Thirteen was introduced way earlier. That's true. That's true. It's like a non-playable character. Um, yeah. What are your realistic realistic expectations for Final Fantasy VII Remake Part Two? Like release year, like any additions or changes you want to see them make from the first game, um, and how far it'll stra- stray away from the original story. Which Kevin, you were sort of alluding to, which is all I'm like, hey, this is a good question for this. Yeah, I mean, it, the ending of Part One just went into a total like different direction i think you know what they've said is they'll try to keep kind of like you know the 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 basic like goalposts like there the the notes but they're gonna they're gonna change it and 
I'm also kind of wondering, like, how involved is Nomura? Because I think they interviewed Nomura and he was the one keeping the team, the creative team on a leash to tell him, hey, keep it a little bit much more closer to, you know, what, what the original game was, because I think they had like some pretty far, you know, far fetched ideas like that were that were out there. And he kind which of I agree with that. In. Which I agree yeah. with that. Like, it, it shouldn't be a completely, like, the story should not divert into a completely different uh, multiverse yeah. or anything like that, where it's completely yeah. different events all the way through. Like, save that stuff for the DLC. Save that, yeah. you know, but there could be changes. I think there could be changes, but shouldn't divert too much is what I'm saying. There are. I think the implications of the ending, uh, th that just opens the door. Yeah. You're Kevin, muted. You're muted. <laughs> but... <laughs> Like, you look you look like you were talking some shit though. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, I was gonna say I was agreeing with you guys, but but um so I sneezed earlier and I muted myself. Um, but uh that <laughs> now I'm all thrown off. Um yes, with with the with the implications you guys were mentioning, um it relatively stuck to the same story, but like without going into any spoilers, um, yeah, huge events big differences in how characters acted or where characters were introduced or characters that weren't supposed to be there at all uh yeah. were still around right. past their expiration date in the original right. uh and so of characters uh, a variation of a character yes and so that is exciting to think that the the part two might be kind of off the rails because it clearly showed that events can change and are changing and so I think Remake 2 is going to be its own beast. It's going to have, again, like you said, the goalposts and the same general story, but things are going to happen in a different way. And yeah. I can't wait to see it. I know. What year? Give ah, one, one, I'm one thinking a year or two. Year. I'm thinking one or two years here. 2023 or 2024? Yeah. I want to go 20, for 2023 and be super hopeful. I'm going to say 2024. 2023, Optimist Final Fantasy 16. Yeah. 2024. Op optimistic. The optimistic in me or optimistic. Oh God, I Optimist. am out of words. Optimist. Optimist. Optimist Prime. I know, I am like out of words right now. Uh, would say 2024, but pessimistic me says 2025. Yeah. Wow. Oh, that was Optimist was 2024. You're okay. I, yeah, I, I just, I just feel like, I don't know. Like it. Okay. Hmm. God of War is not out yet, but I'm kind of like, impressed by the turnaround that came out well yeah i'm kind of impressed by the turnaround that which tells me that they're building a lot on a, a lot of initial assets oh, the yeah. original That's remake great. part one came out um i'm sorry that was a really i'm i'm now losing it i think we're hitting the two hour mark soon so now now <laughs> i'm losing it remake part one's development cycle took a while right and i think somewhere yeah. in the middle of it is when they told us they're going to split it into multiple and yeah. so i feel like there's yeah. like they probably have made a lot of progress i mean we were i was pleasantly surprised with how quickly integrate came back out and oh, yeah. uh, it came out as a dlc so i wonder how much did that stray them away from the 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 sequel and uh, I, I think 2024, late 2024 is what I'm hopeful for. Is, yeah. And uh, save 2023 for Final Fantasy 16. Yeah. Um, guys, we got to jump into some news bites. And uh, we'll get started with Callisto Protocol. <laughs> the game from Striking Distance Studios. A lot of Dead Space veterans. is going yes. to be Game Informer's next cover game. Uh, they write, the comparison to Dead Space... 
are unvo- sorry, the comparisons to Dead Space are unavoidable, but make no mistake, the Callisto Protocol is a different beast altogether. That gets me a little excited. Yeah. Techland developers of Dying Light 2 are developing a AAA open world fantasy action RPG with former CD Project Red staff. I looked at a lot of like the leads on that team and a lot of staff. They've picked up people from CD Project Red. They've picked up people from uh, one person from Guerrilla Games. Um, and they state that Dying Light 2 will continue to receive support equal to, if not exceeding the same amount the original Dying Light game had as well. So that's exciting. Nice. Uh, the recruiting for that. So not a whole lot um, besides, I think, some concept art that we got for that. Fall Guys is going free to play with the Xbox and Switch releases alongside the new PS5 version that's launching June 21st. Greedfall 2, The Dying World, has been announced and it promises an RPG that focuses on story and player choice, but also includes new gameplay in the form of more tactical combat and revisits uh, the unique universe created by its predecessor. Uh, That's a quote that's pulled from Mm Nibel on Twitter. There's a press release for that. And the game is set to release in 2024. Oh, wow. 2024 is going to be good. Yeah, it is. I own Greedfall and I, I, I loved it in the beginning and I just kind of something else came out and I started playing it. I mean, Jeremy, you said, you, back you, on it. you said, Oh yeah. Were you into it? I've been wanting, to, I'll be honest. I've been wanting to play it. It's in the back. It looks good. Yeah. It looks really good. At some uh, point it will happen. Yes. Yes. Oh, and they put out a, uh, PS five, you know, upgrade or whatever for it. And so I've got that and I played like maybe an hour of it. I need to get back yeah. into it. Yeah, yeah, I don't know if it hit Game Pass. It was on PS Plus. I have yeah, it in my library it somewhere. Yeah, because from what I've heard, like it was the closest thing to classic Bioware that you could get. Yes. Um, yeah. Which excites me. Me too. Skull and Bones, the Ubisoft game that's been delayed and re-engineered and redeveloped and development hell and all <laughs> that stuff has been raided in Australia. So that makes us wonder, is Ooh. the near coming? Or, or we end to the near. Is the near coming? Yes, near, uh, near automata, uh, replicant. I like the the URL on that uh, link. Can I say it? <laughs> say it. The URL, the URI is Skull and Bones rated in Australia. And sorry, but there's no pirate nudity for James <laughs> And then today, uh, following the Witcher's anniversary, the seventh anniversary for Witcher Three. The Witcher Twitter account tweeted out, let's make the seventh anniversary even better, shall we? We're delighted to share that the next-gen version of The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt is planned to release in Q4 2022. See you on the path, Witchers. So exciting. The wait continues. The wait continues. (laughs) I need to beat this game by the end of the year. And my thought is is that if we don't have a solid release date by September... I'm starting it because that's like a hundred hour game. I got to start it. There's holiday games to play. There's God of War Ragnarok to play. I got to start it. That was our news bites. We got a couple questions left here. Um, And uh, Hunter Pearson writes, what the shit is a diversity game tool? And how does Activision (laughs) Blizzard leadership continue to find new ways to push their heads even further up their asses? (laughs) Uh, I I didn't know about this uh, diversity game tool. It's a tool developed by, I think, in collaboration with MIT. uh, And it was an initiative led by um, 
King, the King portion of Activision Blizzard King, where there's some sort of formula tool where you plug in a bunch of numbers and you get this graph of how diverse your characters are in this game. Oh my gosh. It's, they uh, had a press release and touted this as this big thing like, hey, look at us. We're doing this uh, amazing thing for diversity. Um, but it's incredibly flawed. Um, you know, I'm not like... If, if you really want to, 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 to hear a whole lot more than besides, you know, the little bit of research I did on it, Jim Sterling did a really good video on it. Uh, Axios has this article on it. Kotaku covered it. Um, it's, it's a pretty flawed, it's a pretty flawed tool. Uh, cause it's dumb. It's like, how ethnic are you? What's, what makes a five? Like what makes a five as in terms of ethnicity, how much culture do you have? Like, how do you define those things? Yeah. Um, and it's, it's really dumb. It's, uh, it's been the, the phrase that's been used is it's, it's inhuman. It yes. feels like very much forced and that's not how you get, uh, <laughs> that's not how you get diversity in games. Yeah. You get diversity yeah. in games by telling meaningful stories yes. from a diverse group of developers, yes. not some sort of algorithm where you plug in and you're like, cool, we got the Asian guy now and we got the yes. black girl now yes. and we got this uh, disabled person now. We're all good to go, guys. Let's get, you know. <laughs> we checked our we checked our <laughs> diversity bucket list. Yeah, we, We're doing great. <laughs> I think if you need a tool to tell you whether oh, no. or not your game is diverse enough, you're in trouble. Yeah. That's yeah. what I think. Because <laughs> also, what are you basing the metric on? Like that means <laughs> yeah. you have like a like maybe some some pre-populated idea of how much of of each ethnicity and and disability and whatnot that you you have to have in your games. So like there has to be a baseline somewhere. And like, what does that look like? What's the middle look like here? Yeah. What is that? Is that a twenty-five-year-old straight white male athlete <laughs> that's six foot four? You know, it's Captain America. In other words, Captain America. <laughs> what is, that? Is, that, is that the is that the ideal? Like, is that the normal human being? And everyone else is that? So listen, I'm not gonna. Uh, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a minority myself. I'm not going to, I'm not going to like, I'm not outraged by this or anything like this. I think it's a really dumb tool. Um, <laughs> and, uh, the way you solve that, like we said, is as hire a diverse group of people, um, Spider-Man Miles Morales, for instance, um, one of the writers on that, the consultants that they brought in, they brought in, you know, people of color to, to work, to work and consult on that game, yeah. uh, stories where, um, are, that are told by, uh, for instance, uh, freaking Turning Red just recently came out by yes. Pixar, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Asian or writers. Was and yep. Same it was a Pixar. Well, yeah, I guess. Pixar. They're, no. Encanto. Encanto. You got people yeah. that are representing, you know, uh, from um, from those cultures, from those uh, countries re being represented properly. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that those are the ideal models for diversity. Yeah. But like, yeah, yeah. if you want to tell those characters get educated on those characters and, yeah. and get the right people, uh, you know, get the right consultants, get the right, uh, diversify your team. Yeah. <laughs> Make that part of your, your natural process rather than trying yeah. to replace that, which yeah. they came back with an update and said, this wasn't meant to be a replacement for, you okay. know, uh, it's, like, it's more of a supplemental tool. And it's like, you know, yes, <laughs> no. they, they had this incredibly cringy presentation that they did oh, in, no. in 2017 so where they got the Mario characters and they started rating their diversity of all the Mario oh, characters. And I'm gosh. like, Oh my God, what are y'all doing? Boy, uh, wow. So anyways, wow. that, that's, that's my, I, it's a ridiculous thing. I think Activision Blizzard realized it's ridiculous and are walking some of it back and uh, they just continue. I just, <laughs> they I were rarely ever. The, yeah. 
I just right. can't imagine being in the meeting where they're like, listen, we need X amount of black, Asian, Hispanic, this, male, female, transgender. Like just going down the list. We need all these things in our game. We need this checklist and we need this diversity tool to tell us. It's just, it's embarrassing. Yeah. Yeah. And listen, I'm not trying to overstate it that they're relying yeah. solely on this, but like the way that they're putting it out there, it's just a really dumb tool. It's really flawed. The number system. It, it's it's a it's a dumb tool. Uh, yeah. So, um, anyways, so I I try not to. Perfect. Yeah, yeah, Hunter. I honestly like there's Activision's in the headlines every single week, and it's not that those topics aren't important. It's just I yeah. don't enjoy talking about them. Yes. Uh, and they're just constantly crapping all over themselves every week. So it, it, I feel like it gets old for our audience. This was a new yeah. thing uh, that they just recently, like in the last week or so, started talking about. Maybe we, maybe it's intentional. Like, hey, you know, how do we get rid of the previous awful news cycle? We'll do something questionable again. Yeah. Yeah. That's maybe okay. a little bit slightly less questionable. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Well, let's talk about somebody who is unquestionably great. Nyan Kumar asks a multi-part question here. Square Enix once again reinforced they are going to focus focus their field into heavily investing in blockchain, AI, and cloud. Do you think it's a good path for them? No, no, <laughs> no. And I think they might even realize it too late. You know, they seem yes. to have no awareness for quality, where trends are, what the, the market's like uh, when they release games like yeah. Babylon's Fall and, and yeah. Ball and Wonderworld yeah. or Wonderland yeah. or whatever it's called. I mean, yeah. it, you know, not to fuck no on the blockchain NFT side, but on the yeah. AI and cloud applications. Yeah. There could be some benefits there. I think we've seen it with Gran Turismo with their, you know, their Sophie AI uh, being able to kind of mimic human like behaviors to make racing games a little bit more competitive and less reliant on, you know, kind of previous uh, techniques. Like I think rubber banding is what they call it. Yeah. And, and thanks for that clarity, Jeremy. I think I was really stuck on the blockchain portion of yes, it. But, but yes. That's. You know, we don't know what percentage of that is their investment, how much of that's going into that. But like, I just have a concern that they, they are trend chasers. Um, yeah, there's there's two sides of Square Enix. There's that badass Final Fantasy Kingdom Hearts turning out uh, Square yeah. Enix works with Platinum Games sometimes. And then there's the there's the we're going to throw out a bunch of shovelware. Can yes. you can you imagine that they develop an AI that just kind of monitors what attacks you frequently use as a player and then introduces a system like the Nemesis system that oh has basically all the counters to your like fire spells that you've been too reliant on and it so just good. like totally annihilates you. Oh, I'd be horrible. You'd have to mix it up just like a uh, was it fighting Taskmaster? Yeah. <laughs> and it learns yeah. oh, as you yeah. fight. Yeah. Oh gosh. Okay, yeah. so second part. Uh, of three parts here. Uh, Nyan Kumar writes, Square Enix also said they will create more Western IPs in place of their old ones they sold. How does that sound considering they made iconic franchises fail uh, and want to start from the ground up with beyond reachable expectations? Obviously, that's questionable. They just sold off a bunch of Western IPs and now they're going to create more Western IPs. It's, their expectations are unrealistic to begin with. Yeah. They need to have more reasonable expectations. I think it's yeah. a, I think that's investor fodder uh, fodder. You know, there this yeah. is during yeah. a lot of these statements were made during financial calls. So yes. they're hey, we sold these these studios off, but 
here's why we're investing yeah. in this and that. Oh, are you worried about our reach to Western audiences? We'll make new ones. And it's like, <laughs> great. What's the plan for that? Uh, because you obviously didn't know how to manage your other Western studios yeah. that were, you know, you know, hit or miss maybe with, with quality, some, in some cases like Avengers, yeah. but for the most part, very talented, uh, studios. Uh, so to me, I, I wonder how they're going to do that. Um, I don't have a lot of faith in them. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I feel like it was Square Enix that recently said, uh, the way we're successful is that we Japanese developers don't emulate Western games, but we yes. do our own thing. Uh, yeah. So hopefully the good side of Square prevails yeah. here. And I, just, and I just wonder how big of an investment they're, they're going to make. Is it going to be through partnerships uh, potentially? Because they I feel like they've even mentioned how yeah. they're going to use this now for opportunities to grow and partnerships and so on. Um, I think it's so. probably I think it's probably the former um, where they use partnerships um <laughs> we took him out and we took him back in um yeah i i think it's kind of the former that you mentioned where they'll probably use kind of partnerships to do their western ips just like life is strange and um outriders yeah i just expect them to be like you guys like tomb raider well we've got grave robber <laughs> like, just <laughs> like real <laughs> just the opposite off brand anyway um yeah dude they kind of they again like bringing up games like fallen wonderland and stuff it, they are really hit or miss the shovelware never succeeds with square enix i want to see them give their heart and soul on things like final fantasy and and kingdom hearts you know i want to see those i want to see that square enix square soft that uh that we know and love you know in some regards yeah <laughs> Of course, um, well, uh, yeah. Octopath Traveler and uh, Triangle Strategy, right? Those are those yeah. are going the right direction. Those yeah. are so they, they got they got there, there's talents there, but then there's yeah. there's they don't have a prestige quality like a Rockstar, a PlayStation, yeah. a you know, yeah. where where the majority of the stuff is good. Yes, yes. Well, and it seems like it's almost like they 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 really succeed in certain areas and they don't just lean into those areas. Like they try and branch out, they try and do these other things. And you're like, no dude, just focus on what you know is good. And yeah. what everyone loves from you. Um, <laughs> they now they, it. now they do still own some of those Western IPs yeah. that uh, they, they sold off, but we've just seen that they haven't really done a whole lot with some really big yeah. valuable IPs. So we wonder what they're going to do with the remaining Western IPs that they do have. I'm trying to remember which ones yeah. that they, they still have. Uh, but life they still strange. have those. What was that? Life I think strange. life is strange is the biggest. Oh, life is strange. Outriders. Yeah. Um, so I think that's also what they're referring to. Outriders. They, when people can fly, they just released or about to release uh, a big DLC for that. So oh, cool. they'll probably continue those, those efforts there. Okay. All right. So part three, nine Kumar writes red hat dead trick. redemption. What? He gives a hat trick of questions. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Uh, so he writes Red Dead Redemption remaster next gen only with a rumored spinoff called RDR Undead Nightmare. Wait, you know, I'm oh. looking that up right now. Uh, I, I'm looking that up right now and I don't see. I, I saw a lot of the 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 sources that are, that, that are talking about it aren't like the most reliable sources. These are a lot of the right. same websites that are constantly talking about Bloodborne two rumors and stuff like that, yeah, that happened yeah, for the yeah. last year or so. I'm not saying that it's not going to happen, but I would take those rumors with a grain of salt. It's absolutely, I think it's absolutely going to happen. They said, so the, they said so themselves, or it was speculated that, that they were going to do if the GTA 
remasters were going to do well, which I think despite them from a technical standpoint being <laughs> a complete failure, they were so bad, I yeah. think they were, they, they were a sales success for them. Yeah. They were going to double down and, and, and do more for Red Dead Redemption. So it's absolutely coming. Um, it's hard for me. I, I haven't really read the stories, the sources. I don't feel super confident into yeah. really buy into those. What do you guys think? Well, now I'm having trauma thinking about my experience with the uh, Grand Theft Auto um, <laughs> trilogy. Trilogy. Uh, dude, that was such a bad experience. Just, just quick, quick, quick side note. I downloaded it. I played them, and literally, uh, Vice City. I couldn't get out of the first mission. It was like Assassin's Creed Unity all over again. Uh, every time I would start like driving, my car would just explode randomly, or it would uh, like like nothing would happen, and, and <laughs> I would just die. Uh, or I'd fall through the map. It was so frustrating. I actually reached out to, to to PlayStation and they pretty much were like, Hey, sorry, you downloaded it. You got the license already. And I was like, okay, I understand legally that's fair. Like sucks. I'm like, I don't return games very often. Like, can we just like make an exception here? Like, I, I know you guys do it occasionally. And they're like, no, I uh, reached out to red, De uh, red dead, uh, rockstar, reach out to rockstar. <laughs> and they're like, they're like, yeah, give us your, uh, give us your, your case number with Sony. We'll see what we can do about it. Uh, and then they got back to me like, Hey, there's nothing we can do about it. And then all of a sudden about three months later, I got a credit to my account and the games were <laughs> unplayable on my system. And I was like, Oh, I got a refund. They're just playing hardball. Yeah. No yeah. reason. <laughs> it was like, like we're, gonna, we're just going to give this guy a hard time just because he's wasted our time. <laughs> I went to go play it. Finally. I was like, all right, you know what? I'm going to go play vice city. Finally. Maybe there's yeah. a patch that fixed it. I went to go do it and it wouldn't launch. It's like, sorry, you don't own the, the rights to this. And I checked my account and I had 65 bucks. Nice. <laughs> Okay, sorry. I would love a Red Dead Redemption remaster. That would be awesome. I mean, it was already such a beautiful game. Uh, I can only imagine what they can do with the extra horsepower because there's a lot of horses in the game. <laughs> You'll get it on the Oculus Quest 2. <laughs> Red Dead Redemption? Yeah, I'm just, I'm just I making a joke because, because they, they have San Andreas. So I was thinking like, yeah. Oh, okay. San Andreas is on the Oculus Quest 2? They're working on it. Oh, shoot, man. I might need to download that. <laughs> it's not out yet. They're still working on it. But yeah, yeah. Oh, you got time, Kevin. Awful. Yeah, you got yeah, time. Cool your horses, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We got one last question to wrap us up here. Yes. Our friends at the Great Game Debate. Good podcast, Hi. by the way. <laughs> See you guys Great next podcast. week. Kevin's yeah. going to be guesting on the yeah. show. Yeah. No, actually, uh, Sunday. Yeah, I'll see you guys on Sunday. Yeah. Nice. Uh, ask, how is it that you're all such strikingly handsome gentlemen? Because Daniel's here, man. Yeah. We glow. It's all thanks to. My dad is uh, my dad is subscribed to our channel and he promised that he'll never watch our videos. Uh, <laughs> but in case he is, I'm just gonna say I have a very sexy father, you know. So Ooh, I get, you, you know, I, I get yeah. any any yeah. any of my genes come from him. No. Uh guys, thank you. You guys are no. all sexy. It's very sweet. Uh Dash I has a, that. Uh, you're making us feel very uncomfortable here. We're blushing here. Dash Dash has a very sexy father, and I have a very sexy daddy. <laughs> on the side <laughs> keeps me young yeah all right no it's really jeremy, it's where, all... where do you get your sex appeal from jeremy uh, where do i get it from, from? of course it's jeans bro yeah it's the jeans <laughs> yeah. and it's the tiger spirit living inside of you the jaguar spirit sorry living inside yeah of you. yeah i feel you like know, i feel like great game debates jeremy. getting it what's that? that no i was gonna say previous jeremy's have been sacrificed for this version of the jeremy 
My uh, Jeremy Prime. Yeah. 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 I mean, I got to say, uh, my grandpa used to show me pictures of, uh, of, you know, he and my grandma, um, and he was a, he was a hunk. Like, I think, you know, it's just, it's from him. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. We're all answering this yeah. like uh, seriously. seriously. Like, we're, yeah. Yeah. We're all yeah. very handsome guys. Yeah. And it's our it's genes. Um, very they're, they're getting us nice. back by the way, because yeah. I asked, uh, we're I asked too them into ourselves time. guys. We're yeah. too into our, let's just uh, get, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. About scale back. Yeah. There's a reason, there's a reason why our audio does better than our video. All right. People don't, people aren't trying to see these mugs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, I, I think, beard, I think they're trying to get us back because uh, I did ask one of the questions I asked was where Caden gets all his sex appeal from, or, or like <laughs> so they're getting us back yeah. for that for sure, making us feel uncomfortable. Hey guys, great game debate! Shout out to those guys, awesome podcast! <laughs> Shout out to you <laughs> if you're still with us because we're at two hours, 10 minutes. That's 10 minutes past what we usually like to do for you guys, for your listening time. So shout out yeah. to you guys if you're still listening. If you're on we YouTube, you. hit that like, hit that subscribe. I mean, you've Please. got to at this point, right? If you, you've been listening this far, uh, you've got to like Girl, something man, I forgot here. To it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like someone's like like handcuffed and like tied to take a uh, hostage with a video playing in the background. Like, and the, you been and the show garage? already. Yeah. <laughs> you've been and inside the, my garage? And the show already. Uh, Kevin, what's 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 the final word, my friend? The final word is, uh, oh my gosh, please, Adeo Kojima, don't sacrifice Jeremy, but also give us Silent Hills. Uh, Whatever and it takes. You can find me on Twitter at Kevin from NXS. And Jeremy, yes, for what's the word? Whatever you want to say. This is your time to shine, man. You know, one thing we got though, you know, we always talk about it. There's this, this, the podcast space is so crowded and everything. We're, I think we get the award for being the corniest podcast, though. Yes, that's true. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> canned corn, anyways. <laughs> uh, you can find me and my mug at NXS Jeremy. You can find us at NXS cast. You can find me at dash revolver. And if you have to sacrifice Jeremy for a silent hill, whatever it takes, Kojima son, we will yes. comply. Yes. We got, we got Jordan. We could, uh, we've always, we've always wanted to slip Jordan anyway. So <laughs> Kevin or Jeremy, Kevin or Jeremy go get sacrificed for silent hill. Jordan, this is your invite, buddy. I would take one for the team, Jeremy, but I want to play it real bad. <laughs> <laughs> all right guys thanks for sticking with us have a great week we'll see y'all next time later